Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 62. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It's been a uh, crazy week at work, and um, I was able to luckily squeeze in this fantastic review with FSW versus GCW2. So I'm excited to get going tonight. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Yes, this was a fun show to be at. And uh, as we were watching the show together, we were talking about, we pretty much did our whole podcast uh, (laughs) during the show while we were talking (laughs) during this event. But a lot of fun stuff to talk about uh, as we cover tonight's GCW versus FSW part two in Las Vegas at the FSW Arena. Oh, hell yeah. That uh, that building had a lot of noise in it, man. Yes. Yes, it was a very packed. Um, also, real fast before we go into this one, I know we got, we're going to cover TOS and COS just happened this weekend, but we wanted to cover up and finish Vegas weekend the right way and still give FSW versus GCW some love on the podcast because it was a very fun show and a lot to talk about. So we're going to cover that one tonight. And then uh, before the LA shows, hopefully we will be covering TOS and COS as there was a lot to talk about on that weekend <laughs> as well. So we're not doing yes. it. We're kind of doing this on purpose. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, even though there's a lot to talk about. So. So uh, we just want to backtrack and finish Memorial Day weekend before we head on to TOS and COS and all the craziness about that weekend. I'm a heel fan, bro. I have to break in. I'm (laughs) I'm smiling ear to ear. This was the this was the outcome I wanted to see. You called it days, if not a week or so in advance. I mean, yeah, play by play. Yeah, I uh, on the last podcast, I did kind of say what I wanted to happen and that I've been kind of saying the last since I pretty much announced that Masha was going against whoever won COS. That's kind of where I was leaning towards anyway. It just felt mm. like a uh, perfect timing for uh, what happened to happen at COS. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll go back to FSW here. Yeah. There was a lot of noise in that little building. FSW really packed them in. We loved our seats. FSW slash the DeFalco family treat us like gold. And we're very thankful. We had fantastic seats. My wife especially was able to get really good pictures. We were able to have a really good view of everything going on. So, you know, I'm going to kind of give you the play by play as best possible and kind of give you a little live. uh, What's the word for it? This is my lack of sleep kicking in. This is my live uh, coverage. Live coverage is a good way to put it here. Holy (laughs) shit. So, uh, So from my notes. The crowd had about a 70, 30 GCW FC FSW fan support. We were louder by far, at least from what I heard. It could have just been we were louder by far in my little section. I felt like we invaded enemy territory, so it was a lot of fun. Fans played the fan part well, drawing battle lines. There was a lot of FSW, GCW chants. I seen a lot of FSW regulars out here in full support. They did a damn good job. They were really, uh, it was really nice to see. The whole night felt special thanks to the intimacy of the FSW arena. Do not let the size fool you. We have watched a lot of dynamite go off in that building. I just wanted to mention up out front. Anything else you wanted to kind of mention before I move on there? No, I was going to say, though, like the two GCW shows, uh, uh, FSW GCW shows I have seen at the uh, FSW arena are by far, not by far, but the most packed, like where they're like pretty much everyone's standing like in the entrance area <laughs> to get into the the place to watch it. Like everybody's just so packed in there and there's so many fans there. And it's been nice to see both shows get that good of a 
uh, crowd to show up for both shows because it was it was fun. The first one was unexpectedly fun. This one we kind of went in. I went in with expectations, and it definitely delivered. But um, seeing the place packed like that, it wasn't very nice to see. Yeah, it was just it was straight to fire code, baby. Let me tell you because it was just full, and that really helped the atmosphere. It really did. It was nice to have everyone in there. I hadn't been to FSW Arena to where I'd seen the seating arrangement the way it was, and I was happy to see it worked so well. I didn't know how packed we'd be in our area, and I was really happy that we had enough room over there to where the wrestlers could still come through on their entrances and say hi and whatnot. Yeah, because that was a difference from the shows prior where they had the guardrails up, and then this uh, show they did not, and this was... uh... The first time I took my son to a GCW show where we sat front row, because uh, I, I thought I was like after the prior couple nights and I saw the guardrails, I'm like, oh, this should be a little bit safer for him to enjoy the GCW show. And then yeah, going in that night and no guardrails, I was like, okay, shit's going to get crazy, and uh, <laughs> and it did. But he enjoyed it. It was fun, as you said, it was acting. But we had perfect views with no guardrails in front of us, and we're able to get up. And as you said, the wrestlers had their entrances right in front of us. So it was very uh, good seats that we all had. So a little background here um, on FSW for those who don't know, because we do make sure we cover almost every regional wrestling company as GCW goes. We talk about New South. We talk about IWS. We go overseas. We're talking about TNT. It's all out there. So since we live here in Las Vegas, I wanted to kind of give a little bit of a maybe a history or just a little catch up on FSW. So you have an understanding of who they are and why GCW chose to come to FSW. Basically, FSW is the premier company in Las Vegas. In my opinion, there's no one better and with more influence in the state of Nevada and the southwest United States. They're the largest company in Las Vegas by far. Their pay-per-views are impressive, and their fans always hit fire code capacity. That's where you choose to generally watch wrestling in Las Vegas. The owner, Joe DeFalco, has been nothing but kind to me and B over the years. Their wrestlers are fun to watch, and they have no problem going a little crazy when necessary. Huge depth of talent has come through FSW over the years. I've seen what's going on at their training school, and I can tell you the future of wrestling looks extremely bright in Las Vegas. If you want to train in Las Vegas, you're coming to FSW. Almost all of their trainers have been on a bigger stage and have seen success at the higher levels of wrestling. You will get eyes on you from the larger companies at FSW, guaranteed. They do have those connections. You will work and you will learn there and it pays dividends. They have Fight Plus behind them now, so you'll be able to kind of go back and see what's going on in their library. But if wrestling has something to be proud of in Las Vegas, I'd say FSW is it. So the talent are really the reasons. And we get a large we get a large chunk of that talent in this show to uh, show off that night. And I was really proud to say that they're, you know, Las Vegas talents. So basically, you know, we get there. It was just great to be back to the arena. Plenty of hugs. A lot of people we've missed over time. The walls are close. The ceiling's high. You know, there's enough for two rows of seats on each side. There's a big section of bleachers. They were packed completely full. The ground was packed completely full. Sound bounces wonderfully inside. Everyone could probably hear that reverb on the broadcast. It was kind of easy to hear. Even with the black walls that absorb the sound, the fans were still delivering. If those walls were like a white or a bright color, that sound would bounce even more. But the ceiling does help bounce the sound. 
I can say the same for the Silver Nugget. You kind of know that. It's got that kind of old-fashioned vibe where the sound bounces beautifully, which is kind of the secret to a uh, secret to the uh, Silver Nugget. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Black Walls too at FSW. Uh, I spent a lot of time there because obviously that's where my son trains um, for the kids class. But also, as you were saying, like the, a lot of the wrestlers and if you want to train in Vegas, that's the place to go. Um, yeah. Just to name out some of the the people that came through FSW and kind of grew up or was trained in their training school. Uh, you got Karrion Cross, Killer Cross out there in WWE. You got Chris Bay in Impact Wrestling. Zoe Stark in WWE, Solo Sokoa in WWE, uh, yes. Jay Vidal now, he's the newest one in Impact Wrestling. Uh, that's like kind of like the wall, the banner. Hammerstone. Yeah, Hammerstone yeah. on MLW. So you got a lot of uh, names that have came. I don't know if Hammerstone was the rest of school. I'm going to assume so because he's been there for a long time. Um, I know, though, like Chris Bay and Karen Cross, all those names for sure. So for sure, FSW does have a very good reputation of uh, molding talent and getting them tv ready and big company ready and sending him off there and solo he pretty much skipped nxt he went from fsw to two years now and like yep. the biggest biggest uh storyline probably in wrestling in wwe right now with the bloodline so that just shows you how well uh good of trainers that they do have at fsw yep. and joe uh in general with the the fun shows and the the uh great people that he's been hiring to uh wrestle at these shows it's definitely the cream of the crop out here in vegas um definitely for yeah. sure hard work plus uh just paying attention and you're gonna get somewhere yeah you're right solo and quite a few others man they just rock it right to the top and very very often there are people coming through that are scouting who's out there so and i'm looking forward to seeing who's come through i oh go ahead man well and I, uh uh, we've talked about this one now, the younger, youngest one at FSW, Bodie Young Prodigy. He came from the same wrestling class that my son was in with the kids wrestling to now because he's so good, but went up to with the adults. And now we see him on GCW programming, on Wrestling Revolver programming. So that just shows even at a young age when you go in there just to try to be a wrestler, you can grow up all the young kids out there, say they want to be a wrestler. There's your chance to go do so if you're in the Vegas scene to go uh, check out FSW Arena. All righty, baby. So here we go. We open up with Emil. I'm at the FSW Arena. Sold out nonetheless. Nick Gage comes out first. Las Vegas, where's my fucking gang at? Gage thanks everyone who showed up in Lifestyle last night. He said the fans stole the show. Gage called our enemy, quote, our energy, our energy, quote, unquote, awesome. And I felt like we were. Silver Nuggets are great a venue. Here we go in my notes with great acoustics. He hypes us up and kicks us off right. So it's MDK. Oh, all fucking fucking day. Day. And that was my son's first Nick Gage entrance, and he survived it. Yeah, it looks like he did well. He, uh, oh, yeah, look, I can even see him in the background. With the <laughs> He's all up. rocking He's like, out. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, there's another thing I wanted to mention here that's important to Las Vegas and important to fsw and anyone really who comes through wrestling wise i want to mention um that you'll see a lot of signs around like the single sheet paper signs that you would see maybe come out of a printer there were gcw signs fsw signs those are all from a lady in las vegas who make signs specifically for wrestling shows so if you look it's sometimes you'll see my son there's a big gcw sign that's in the video that was made from her for us I don't know if you knew that or not. 
Yeah, yeah sorry. Come up was... to give it to you guys. Oh, dude. So, um, my son was holding it throughout the show. That was her thirty-four thousandth sign ever, and it was so, a big one too. <laughs> it wasn't dude, just one of those yeah. paper ones. That was a big one that time. She put a lot of love into it. So, after the show was over, I was honored that she um, she gave it to us, and she said, "I'll give it to you if you'll put it on your podcast wall." And I told her I would not take it from her unless she signed it. So that lovely lady went ahead and signed it for me. So when I get a chance, I'm going to need to rearrange the wall once video comes. I haven't gotten there yet, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. That's just one of several stories we have from that weekend where it was just nothing but love. Yeah, and I think she started like a YouTube channel, I think, or TikTok, one of the two to kind of really yeah to start showing off like her her making her signs and stuff like that uh i know she was mentioning that so i did like give her a couple retweets because like my wife has been doing the same thing just getting on tiktok and doing her crafts and stuff so we wanted to shout out uh i don't i don't want to say her name out there just because she doesn't want out there but the sign lady uh wanted yeah, to shout her out because yeah. yeah it was awesome having all those signs out there and and the, the wrestlers love it like i always I, I used to see her all the time years ago at samstown like way back when i used to go to samstown shows all the time for ring of honor or any anywhere else and everywhere i saw her she always had the sign she was always known as a sign lady back then too so it's still wow. nice that she's doing awesome signs and giving the wrestlers support and i know like kenny king's like the biggest wrestler i see like Definitely appreciates her and gives her love every time he sees her and always posts uh, pictures and videos with uh, him on Twitter with her and the signs and stuff like that. So um, the wrestlers do love it. And I, as a podcast, I do appreciate too, especially the night before with the Blake Christian at a uh, lifestyle with the fingers and the middle fingers behind him. So right. that worked out perfectly. And it's awesome because those little things do add pretty cool details to some of these shows of who to cheer for and who not to cheer for and stuff like that. We don't see, you know, pieces of paper like that in LA or AC it's strictly a Vegas thing and it's all coming from one sweet lady and she's just a fantastic person so thank you and we wanted to just spend a minute or two to just mention her because she's the best yeah it was awesome and after Nick Gage came out and hyped up the crowd and thanked us for the night before we started off pretty hot with a fun way to start off the night and actually uh yeah uh, very action-packed as it is a eight-man tag match as the team of Lights Camera Faction, which is Action uh, Action Braxton and Ice Williams teamed up with Brett the Threat and G-Sharp going against the team for GCW of Cole Radrick, Jimmy Lloyd, and Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, Los Macisos, and in typical Los Macisos fashion... <laughs> This match got crazy and was all around the <laughs> ring. It was fun. It was, I thought this was a very fun way to kind of set the tone for how this GCW versus FSW would go. But I'm gonna spend I'm, I'm gonna spend probably a lot of time more too on like the local talent here. Just thinking about it out now and shouting out Lights Camera Faction, Ice Williams and Action Braxton and Brett the Threat and G Sharp. Man, that was so cool that they got this match too because I thought that was like the perfect four people to go against these four that GCW put out to have a awesome scrap and a brawl all around the arena while also when it got time to get in ring were excellent in ring with these competitors and held their own and did a very good job shining throughout this matchup. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and start with this little note. The GCW fans were called hostile by the uh, FSW commentary. We were loud and, um, that made me feel a warm inside, I'm just going to say. In retrospect, 
we all just wanted good wrestling. You know, the fans wanted it. The wrestlers wanted to go out there and perform and knock, uh, knock our socks off. And they really did a great job. This opening match was insane. The place was full. There wasn't a huge amount of room because so many fans showed up to watch. I couldn't possibly run a play-by-play in this match. So there was just so much going on everywhere. After about minute three, they decide to follow any tag rules whatsoever. I'm not going to lie. I'm right there with you. Ice Williams especially is awesome. I'd love to see him in L.A. at one of the GCW shows. I feel it fits his style. He's a good-looking face. I think he'd get over wonderfully. And um, I've said it before, I believe, and I've even posted it and sent messages before. Ice Williams is awesome, and he carries a good fan base with him, and I think he's got a good look, and he's very, very sound in the ring. We've seen him in quite a few main event matches against Hammerstone and others. Um, Yeah, highly, highly, highly recommended. The second one I also want to recommend is Brett the Threat. He is a fantastic uh, performer. He's someone who fucking killed it over in West Coast Pro. You want to go see that? That's that's the place where people understood who Brett the Threat was. Um, I think Las Vegas is still trying to understand everything about him, but he's either getting heavily cheered or heavily booed. So he knows he gets it. He knows how to work it. And he's another one where at some level, I would like to see him do something in GCW. He's not the kind you'd want to beat over the head with shit. He's one of those ones that'd be like a straight shooter. Tony Deppin. Um, oh, yeah. Have a battle of the egos. And and that's truly Good where it would be, be a battle of the egos. Fantastic wrestling from the ground up, literally. Yeah. So. I, I'm right there with you. Ice Williams is a name. Um, I... We got to shout him out. He is the FSW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, G-Sharp yeah. is also the Nevada State Champion out here in FSW. And Action Braxton actually is, holds like kind of like their little money in the bank. I forgot exactly what they called it. Something in the case. Um, kind of like he gets to cash in the next chance. Uh, cash in the case. Yeah, right? But I, I agree with you. I think Ice Williams, I, as you said, I'm like, yeah, like I, I haven't seen him or G-Sharp in GCW. And I think those two would be perfect uh, fits in like the maybe. scrambles. Maybe Gregory Sharp, possibly. You know what? When you're done talking or when I'm done talking, we need to look that up. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen LA him. at LA fight. I've seen him. Yeah, LA fights for sure. Yes, LA fights. He okay, did wrestle. Okay. I know that for sure. Ice Williams was not on that one. Um, but I know he's been, Ice has been doing a lot of work too. I think I think a lot of work uh, I heard with Booker T's uh, reality of wrestling out in Houston too. So I, at least they are getting... The opportunities outside of Vegas, as you said, in pretty big promotions. But I yes. definitely want to see this team, all four of them, in a GCW ring too, because they definitely killed. And I think they might have earned a spot coming up at LA here soon, because I know that's where we use. I usually see Vandegrift uh, out there in like the scramble matches and stuff whenever he does get booked in GCW in LA. So maybe we'll see one of these four go. Because I definitely enjoyed their work, especially G Sharp. I think he really shined throughout this match for me. No, you know what? Just getting on to G-Sharp. You know, good stuff there. That was right in my notes. Okay. G-Sharp. Total fucking talent. Head to toe completely. If he's on the card, it's guaranteed to be one of the best matches, if not the best on there. He's damn good. He pulls a lot from whoever he wrestles. Quality wrestler, quality performer. Um, He knows how to do it right. He doesn't have to say anything. He has a presence and it works. Um, he's wrestling wise, he's about as solid as it gets. 
Yeah, for sure. I I think he's up there as one of the top five out in here in Vegas. I I love his work. He's he's got a really good heel character too. I really like mm-hmm. his uh, his straight face. Like just I'm gonna whoop ass and <laughs> his his heel character is very good right now. And I think that teaming with Brett the Threat with Lights Camera Faction brought out more. Char- uh, charisma throughout this match uh, for both of those competitors as well because Lights Camera Faction Ice is just walking charismatic like he is so awesome yeah. like how he interacts on the mic and with the fans and uh, same with Action Braxton I think he's getting way more comfortable and better uh, teaming with Ice Williams and this in this faction and finding their footing as heels and doing a very good job of it out here in FSW and this match was like I'm just watching it now, crazy. Like I forgot how like crazy they were going outside the ring and brawling all yeah. over the place. I thought it just started off that way, but it went for a while. Yeah, I couldn't keep up on notes. Period. Could yeah. not keep up. You can see where it's like there's just no way in hell. Eight men, you know, that's that's four fights. <laughs> right. Fight. And that's how it was. Like I'm looking at Adam Galt in the ring. He's like went to one and then went to the other. He was like, <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Just all of you get in. Um the only thing I'll really mention in this one was that all eight men used every single bit of open real estate and then some. I'll go straight to the ending because really, um, again, you might want to watch the match because of the excitement. But in this, what we wanted to really talk about was just an introduction to the men, who they were and why they were in there. And I can tell you, these men deserve to be in there. So in the end of this, Ice connected with the brain freeze on Cole and covered him for three and I wanted to kind of mention something funny about Ice. He's the only one to ever kayfabe me, ever, <laughs> ever. I, I just, it was funny. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm John from the GCW Plant Podcast. He's like, what y'all doing over here? Da, da, da. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Ice. It's okay, man. Like, it's, it's no one's around Ice. It's okay. And, and we're talking, and he's just kayfabing the whole time. And, and I think that's just how he is. Where I'm though. like, oh, come on, man. To a degree, yeah, yeah. To a degree, because I was talking to the rest of Lights Camera Faction. They are kind as can be. So if he yeah. keeps that up, respect. But even then in the parking lot later on, we're all talking. <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe it. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, no. He's still kayfabing me. And actually, another wrestler's like, I'm sorry, John. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it was just, it was something funny. But I just wanted to mention, that's one thing I'll always mention about him was I came up to him to just say, hey, I wanted to mention on the podcast and to whomever I could that Ice Williams is fucking fantastic. He travels well, like I said, everything else I mentioned. And he was kayfabe the whole time. So. Yeah, he he's awesome. Like I'm glad he is finally the world or the FSW champion because I thought he maybe should have won it maybe even like a year earlier. There's He's been on a meteoric mm. rise in FSW from what I've seen. And like he just was going and going. And I thought, I think we and you were at the show when he won, wasn't it? Like, did it him and yeah. Action Braxton won the same night in the, yeah. the ladder match and stuff? Yeah, too. So it was cool, pretty cool at least to be able to see that moment uh, live and in person. Okay. So I, I didn't call out our winner here. Our winners were Brett the Threat, Gregory Sharp, and Lights Camera Faction. I wrote here in my notes, last thing was, what an amazing opening match. One time I heard someone say the chaos felt like a real street fight. So I wanted to make sure I wrote that down because I heard that from behind me. And um, it was, it felt good and it felt like a nice street fight. I thought it was a really fantastic opener and it was a good put forward for FSW also. 
And the crowd was super, like, that's where we felt, like you said, like, hostile environment, like, GCW oh, yeah. and FSW chants throughout this whole, like, I think it was throughout the whole match, you just hear the crowd just going crazy. And then you could see it in the wrestlers, too, like, they were actually fighting for, like, uh, territory and stuff like that. And as you said, after this match is over, when we get the next match, they kind of do announce, like, hey, FSW's up, one one round to nothing. And the announce team does a yep. good job of mentioning that well, too, on Fight TV, so... Uh, I I enjoyed. I thought this was a perfect way to start off a hostile show versus uh one company versus the other, and I love that kind of feeling because the energy was awesome. My my last moment that because I was there live, the last thing I'll remember is some high pitch ass squealing. Do you remember some high pitch squealing during this match? It didn't pick up as well on TV, but I'm hearing ah, I mean like screaming, and I look over and Cole was biting G Sharp's nipple. Uh, you remember hearing that? No, one? I oh, don't. Oh my god, man. Dude, I heard squealing like a 13-year-old girl got her hand caught in something, man. Ah, uh, ah. I don't it remember was, that. Again, total G sharp, you know, it's like showing just a little uh just a little personality there. But I wanted to mention that before we went on to the next one because it was just a little funny thing. And if I didn't mention it, I'd forget it. <laughs> All right. Now our second matchup of the night was a non-title match as the ultra-violent champion representing Team GCW, Rina Yamashita, went against FSW's Maserati. And I'm glad Maserati got this match out of all the... Yes. I know we kind of talked about Viva Van and stuff like that. Uh, we did get to see her in a match later on. Um, I don't think it was this card, was it? It was another card. Her against Billy Starks? Yeah, that was another card. Oh, it was a th- um, oh, no, it was later on this match. Yeah, it's yeah. later on this one. Um, but I'm kind of glad out of the the Maserati got to go against the champion because uh, Rina was... This one, I was like, oh, this is going to be a kind of like a squash match, but Maserati definitely showed up and held her own. And I love seeing like this big asshole heel version of Maserati because I usually see like the nice one. Like I've seen her as a heel, like as a manager a little bit too, but it was nice for her to step up and uh, have a very actually entertaining match against Rina. So I haven't had a chance to personally talk to her, so I'll just kind of say it out here. Um, my personal opinion, no lie, Maserati's damn good, both as a wrestler and as a heel. She talks mad shit, and it pisses people off. And if you listen to what she says, you can tell she's really intelligent. Like, she thinks quickly on her toes and has no problem coming up with something to say. So I even like listening to her because sometimes she, like, whatever she says is funny. She draws crazy heat, even when she was like arguing with Wendy from GCW at one point. Like, I can see why she's been a champion. She she just there's a lot of personality packed in that woman. And I like it. And she got my son, too, on the entrance. Like we're holding up to GCW signs. <laughs> he goes right down to his face level and like get like puts up a high five. And like he puts his hand up and she just nope, not now. And then she messes them later at the end of the match, too, which was fun. That's cool. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm sure she's a sweetheart. Like, and you know how sometimes the greatest heels are, you know, backstage, they're the sweetest of all people. But yeah, I've I've never had a chance to tell her. So I just figure I'll say it publicly in this form why there are people that listening. No shit. She is good and she can draw heat like crazy. So Rena, we all know our beloved Rena. This is her second day after celebrating one year since her Vegas breakout match. Las Vegas has basically accepted Rena as one of their own. And I think Rena's really accepted us as her fan base. We had Rena's going to kill you chance from the uh, complete beginning of this match. Maserati throws off one of her wrist braces into Rena's face. It falls on the ground. 
Rena picks it up and puts it in her mouth, and then she spits it out like yucky, hands it back to Maserati, and Maserati hands it to the ref as she's disgusted that her gear and hands got completely wet. That was funny shit. Yamaster was mostly in control of the match. I loved her when she did the bend over matrix movement, which she's kind of known for. Both uh, both women had a hard hitting match, way more strikes and hold, probably about 90 percent strikes. There was no laying down on their backs for 30 seconds at a time. I don't know if they meant to, but both looked extremely tough. Um, there was a funny mistake that I wanted to mention. Maserati's wig got a touch loose when Rena tried to grab a hold of her hair. She yelled, my wig. At one point, it stra- it fell straight the fuck off. I was laughing with her, definitely not at her because, again, she's great. She took it like a sport. I found out later that's the first time that's ever happened to her. Rena eventually goes under the ring towards the end of the match. She finds a chair. Maserati kicks that chair into her chest and attempts to pin with a Northern Light suplex for only two. Fans answered with GCW chants. We were truly trying our best to stay behind Masha. Ah, Masha. You moshed up, man. See what I'm saying? Like, this is one of those <laughs> nights I'm kind of tired. Of. But um, Maz loses her shit, starts wailing on Yamashita. Rena reverses into a Yoshi tonic. Both men are uh, both women showing frustration with their inability to beat the other woman. Rena ended up finishing this with a huge top rope splash. Our winner was Rena Yamashita. Your turn. <laughs> tag, I'll die over give me the here. hot tag. Give me the hot yeah. tag. No, that was it. Was a good match, like I said. Uh, I liked Rena's facial reactions throughout the this match. I think that's what she's yeah. been. I think that's been a big part of her getting over with the just in general the American fans. Like, while she might not be able to use the words like to very clearly express herself, she's mm-hmm. very expressive in the ring and tells a great story of what is happening to her and either the happiness, the punishment, the oh my god, I had her moments. Like her facial reactions are top notch and she did a very good job, especially the, this setting, getting to see it like first first hand and first row and uh, I just said a more intimate environment. I could definitely see that's what could very much played off against Maserati working as the heel and being the more vocal uh badass woman in this match where you uh rena i think did a good job of showing it with her facial reactions throughout the match as well yeah rena's really good at looking unhinged and slightly crazy and i think i mentioned this yesterday or i'm sorry on the last podcast it was definitely not yesterday <laughs> that um my wife loves taking pictures of rena because yeah. every one of her faces are almost cartoon like and it's enjoyable so in my opinion, both women came out of this match looking way better than when they went in. Rena picks up Maz at one point and wants to shake hands. Just as Maserati goes for a handshake, Rena gives her the double birds, follows up with a shot to the face and fucking leaves. Maz throws a fit in the middle of the ring. It was a lot of fun stuff. We as fans gave her a nice ovation and cheers after the match. I think she deserved it. Obviously, the fans think she deserved it. Again, as she's just a gem in Las Vegas that we're fortunate to have, because if there was someone who I'd want to have teaching our women how to be heels, she she would be one I definitely want teaching because she seems to have a natural knack for it. Yeah, I think she, she's been around too a long time. Like I think she used to be, um, oh, I think Remy's like uh, manager, if I'm not mistaken, out here. Um, but she has wow. been in the Vegas scene for for a while, and it is nice to see her keep continuing to improve and getting these nice big spotlight matches. And she delivered once again. And I, I think she's could be a very fun heel in a lot of different companies uh, around the, around the country. Uh, 
other than just FSW. So hopefully she keeps on going and uh, keeps on improving because this was a fun match with her and Rena. That will lead us into our third matchup, which to me was very intriguing for a lot of different reasons. But it is the for the FSW No Limits title as the champion representing FSW, Danny Limelight goes against GCW's Titus Alexander. And to me, this is just a matchup of two heels. And that's where I first was like, yep. wow, like two monster heels. I mean, they can't be good faces, but I just think they're so much better as heels. I was very intrigued on how this match would play out and who would work as the heel and who would work as the face. And we did kind of see a little bit of that as this match went from Titus, which was nice to see. Um, but yeah, my son has a lot of a history with Danny Limelight here. And <laughs> right, at, right at this match, he grabs a sign and rips it up and stuff. So uh, yeah, fucker. He's already started off on a bad foot. And we, as you saw, one of the local shows, they had a nice interaction back and forth as well, multiple times throughout that night. <laughs> but that's one name I do want to see more of, Danny Limelight. I think he is, like, we're going to kind of go back to Maserati as a heel. I think he's been doing such an excellent job as a heel. He's very good in the rink. He's awesome on the mic. Like, he doesn't get mm -hmm. as much mic time as I think he should be in a lot of other promotions. I know he wrestles for, like, uh, Hollywood Championship Wrestling, I think, or um, um, I forgot what that Hollywood company is, but I know he works a lot with them, and he has been excellent on the mic when he does get it, and he's just, he's very good as a heel, and Titus Alexander, this was, they're both great wrestlers, and uh, I was just excited. I knew this would be a good match. I was just very excited to see who would work as a face and who uh, who was going to work as a heel, and this was just a fun match, and my son's still kind of mad that he did rip up the GCW uh, <laughs> GCW sign right before the match started. Hey, it was great. You know, he went to the kid with the sign, fucking tore it up, you know? That's good heel shit <laughs> Perfect right there. heel shit. So, Danny Limelight, he's approaching 200 days as the FSW No Limits title holder. Danny out and grabs a microphone, asks for all of the GCW fans to stand up, and then he asks them to walk their inbred asses the fuck out of the building. <laughs> he said we all smell. We didn't like that too much, and we let him know it. He called us gear changer wrestling because everyone in the back needs to change their smelly gear. He said Wendy is especially stinky. <laughs> Big boost from the crowd. Sorry. Outside of the mic work, he's also a very, very good wrestler, solid in-ring ability. Um, secondary, not only secondary because I'm mentioning it as such. Actually, he's my dude. I'm so happy to see Titus. Um, I couldn't have been happier. He's 22 years old, huge West Coast talent. Um, we, we spoke, you and me, that he's only one small decision away from being a huge face. He shows a great understanding of heel work, but he's also pretty good as a face. Titus delivers even at his age. I'm going to say he's underrated. He's close to AEW ready, or if not, he could be AEW ready in no time. NXT, he'd fit right in. So um, I, as soon as I could, I went backstage just say, hey, thanks for coming out because I'd been waiting to see him live and um, something we talked about. But yeah, he's he's not too far off of being a face and he was a, a comfortable face. Nonetheless, it was really easy to cheer him and. He appreciated it, I think, too. Yeah, I think like he, since he does get so much heat as a heel, I could see him like when he does get to work face. Like I saw when I saw it at the West Coast Pro Tournament, like you could tell he was kind of enjoying it. It was totally different, but it wasn't his natural thing. Like, he was like, "Yeah, okay, I enjoy this for like two hours," but nope, fuck you guys, no more. I'm going back to my heel work. <laughs> so um, there was a chant for Danny Limelight that uh, 
you could thank the GCW fans for. Daddy No Nuts. I like it because he was poppy in this. Yeah, Daddy No Nuts seemed to work here. And he uh, he played up to the fact that it bugged him, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> I feel like this should have been a heel versus heel match, but the fans did turn Titus face. I think that's the best way to put it. And Titus leaned into it quite a bit in the second half of the match. Danny was stalling by walking out of the ring and calling timeout. At one point, he takes off his bandana and throws it into the crowd. And GCW style, baby, we threw that fucker back. That was really fun. Um, there was also a part where Danny comes to our side. We're basically the loud side. And he says, fuck GCW. And we <laughs> answered back nicely. Uh, both men got an even amount of offense, honestly. Neither of them were truly dominant. Alexander had a lot of Danny's offense beaten or countered, which I thought was really cool. I was I was hoping that commentary played it up like he'd done his homework, especially for his young age. Danny worked hard on Titus in the second half of the match as he took a long time chopping him down. This is awesome chance coming from the crowd. It was a good wrestling match. No weapons, no gimmicks, no blood. It was just a solid match between two excellent performers. Danny has a fantastic flair flop that I wanted to mention, but um the ending here. Danny waits until Scarlet can't see and he hits Titus in the balls. Titus completely crumbles and Danny gets the three. So our winner here, Dirty Danny Limelight. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of like enjoyed the aspect too throughout this match of Titus being the face because he couldn't be mean to to Scarlet. Scarlet was the referee and he mm-hmm. had to be actually nice to her and not give her the middle finger or go like attacker like he normally does. He actually <laughs> totally switched it up and was like, no, I'm going to be nice to Scarlet throughout this match. And I think it was very smart booking, like since obviously the FSW arena is probably going to be more well-known. Uh, Danny Limelight, or no Danny Limelight a little bit more than they would Titus Alexander. And with Titus being like a fresh kind of baby face on him and very good in-ring action. I think that was a kind of smart way to keep Danny working as the heel while also maybe showcasing some of these new people that might be new to Titus Alexander's work and putting him into kind of a face mode there. As like a lot of us that we know Titus, and we know that he always is a heel. So this was a nice uh, way, to, I think, to kind of switch Titus uh, for this match while still getting and keeping Danny Limelight as a major heel for future FSW shows. Well, I'm, I'm also laughing because your son kind of almost, I, I would say you almost stole the show because the minute Danny fucking stole that sign, your kid's finger went up and there's this little kid with this fucking little finger sticking up. And it was just awesome. So like I, I, I know you're proud of him for that. A oh yeah. No, I'm absolutely yeah. proud of him. He He's had since like Danny Limelight first work, started working out here in Vegas. This is where I kind of first started getting into independent wrestling we went to fsw show out here and it was like a two-night anniversary show and uh the first night we all went as a family Uh, my son took a picture with danny danny was all like happy and seeing him and stuff and so he was trying to get him to buy a shirt and the night we'll sell him the next day so the next day we showed up and he goes hey there's a kid from the john cena show like no we're gonna buy your shirt tonight so this was when danny was a good guy and a baby face and he was like very loving and to our son and then also like when he came out to his entrance he kind of originally walked by us and he looked back and saw him and came back and made sure to give him a high five so he had good interactions with him then but then this last one he started working at fsw as a heel and had a couple different moments where he got to flip him off and play play around with him and seeing this kind of continue at fsw versus gcw is fun we give our son a lot of uh 
leeway when it comes to GCW shows. And yeah, he gets to express himself uh, how he wants to. And I think he did it uh, appropriately with Danny Limelight and giving him the middle fingers. No, you're right. It's like you're taking the kid to Disney and then you're telling him you can ride all the rides, which is cool. Oh, yeah. Let him have his fun. Danny just also cool. Yeah. Dirty Danny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I also wanted to mention that at the end of this, once uh, Dirty Danny's out of the building, Itis, he got up and we had all given him a great round of applause. And we really sent him away with a lot of thanks and respect. So um, I hope to see Titus back soon. And Danny, I know we're going to be seeing him soon at some time or another. So, yeah, that was a that was a fun match, my friend. Less than 15 minutes. It it felt like a good long match. They gave him time for this. I I appreciate they did that. Yeah, they're both excellent in-ring workers. That's why I think Danny Limelight needs to like he had he had a nice little run with AEW um, during the pandemic era. And I thought that was kind of going to turn into something. That's when I first learned about him, to be honest. And um, I've been following him ever since then. And then I found out he was working out here in Vegas. And that was pretty cool seeing um, him all the time out here in Vegas. But they're very good in ring. And I think like both of play their characters perfectly. Like, as you said, Titus, even as a face, perfect face, his facial reactions were on point. His timing of like when to do a move and when to kind of sell it and make the heel get the heel heat he was he was excellent i think that's why this match was one of my favorite ones of the night because of all that combined it was it was a good third third match of the night it was, it was just a good match in general um for this card that will lead us into our fourth matchup of the evening as it is a six person tag match as the team of gcw is represented by alec price Gringo, Loco, and Jack Cartwheel going against the team of FSW represented by Bodie, Young Prodigy, Damian Drake, and Matt Vandegrift. And I just knew that this was going to be a high-flying affair. <laughs> all the all six of these competitors, this was one of the ones where, hey, we're going to be flying all over the place, and this delivered. It was awesome. Yeah, if you're counting airtime, this show, you know, like this match would have been the one you're probably going to get the most flight time out of. It was awesome seeing Alec. I'm realizing he's now more like on a more full time basis. I feel like we really did say a lot about that. And um, I'm just I'm just very happy for him because it seems like we're seeing him a lot more. I strongly believe he's a future face champion. He could do both. But I want to talk about the fact that how many heels do you know come into a building on their entrance and get their name chanted? Go watch. What was it? TOS or COS? Oh yeah, I think he's getting his name chanted on his way out. I'm and I talk. I turn to my wife and go, "Staff, I go. How many heels you know get their fame? Like Alec Price, Alec. Like that's not a that's not a heel, baby. Yeah, I'm and, trying to tell it that's and, that's a face waiting to happen. Just like I was saying, it's gonna happen. And he oh, doesn't boy. work out West Coast either often. And he was getting faced out here with uh at the Vegas show and at this show, he was getting face chants and face reactions in. Uh, I, same thing as you said, he's just one one little move away. Whenever you want to pull the trigger, is he's ready to yeah. go as a top tier baby face for your company. And until then, he's still going to keep doing awesome work as a heel while still earning the fans' respect and credibility. Yeah, Alec Price, last thing I'll say, strong fucking abilities. Huge upside on him. I can't wait to see how and where he develops and how long it takes him to get there. But he's on a great path right now. Great personality. Great kid. Yes, he's a kid to me, uh, age-wise. But um, one of the most genuine, kindest, speak-from-the-heart motherfuckers you ever meet. If he did not like me, I would have heard it. 
but he just comes off as the guy that will tell you, uh, you know, the truth. And I believe he's strong enough as an individual. He'd even cry with you. No shit. I had that much time to spend with him and I'm highly impressed as an individual. He's one of those guys I would have hung out with, you know, party with. Um, Gringo Loco seriously needs a few belts draped on his arms. I'm waiting for it. He's earned it. I always love seeing him. Jack Cartwheel stepped it up in the past six months. And we noticed we, I made sure that I told him, yeah, you were standing there beside me. I'm like, we have noticed. I think it was you and Steph or me and you were talking to Jack as he was getting the stuff in the back of the car. I'm like, we have noticed these last six months, dude, you have stepped it up. And he kind of had a face to him and he was like sh shaking his head. Yes, which means he must have been doing something to step up his game because it totally worked. And then I told him about the AEW that the Ring of Honor tapings, how the people around yes. me were so happy to see him. And like you see him like, oh, wow, cool. Like that is awesome. Like, But yeah, he's ever since he's been back, I think since football's ended, like I think he stopped playing football, mm -hmm. I think. Or you mm -hmm. can tell, like, I think we even talked about it if we go back a year ago when we we were talking about first Jack Cartwheel, how if he ever kind of was doing, would go full-time wrestling and kind of stop the football stuff, how much growth we would see Unbeatable. and improve. And pretty much that's exactly what's happened. And his time in, I think, Triple uh, A has helped him a lot uh, down there in Mexico. And I think that in him constantly working with Gringo Loco, I see a lot of like Gringo Loco hands-on with Jack Cartwheel. And I think him just soaking all that knowledge in and all the experience from everybody he's been working with you absolutely see his growth not only just in ring but his character and his fun and like his comfort level with what he's doing and he doesn't have to like it seems like wrestling's reactionary to him now he doesn't have to sit there and focus about every little detail Good it's just point. like i just hop in the ring i know what's going to happen we're going to have a banger here and let's go and have fun with it and you see that confidence level in him and i think for me that's been the this weekend was the biggest by far i've ever seen the confidence in the the improved abilities all around from Jack Cartwheel. And as you said, when we were there and I we had him like one-on-one, -on -one, I just wanted to let him know, like as you said, we how we appreciate him and we've seen the growth, but also not just us who we watch and know it, but people that have mm -hmm. never heard of him before are talking about him and want to see him and search him out. So I, I did want to make that point again real fast because it is awesome seeing a talent like Jack Cartwheel finally coming into his own and excelling at it. And I'm going to double up on you here. Um, he has a very bright future ahead of him. He's another one where I'm there with Billy, Nick Wayne, and some of these over others. Um, while you can go out there, get merch, talk to him, take pictures, get signatures, because Jack is an undeniable talent. And at some point, he's just going to go up higher and higher and higher. So while you can enjoy him now, it's only a matter of time. Uh, Damian Drake, I've been wanting to talk about him. Extremely hard worker, loved by all fans. Women really do like him a lot. He's going to wrestle and he's going to perform. He's really good at both. And there is a difference. So if anybody asks what the difference is between wrestling and performing, if you go out there, there are, you know, you have Gresham, who is a wrestler. And then you have Effie, who is a wrestler and performer, but a performer, nonetheless, I would say. I still think I have to go off of Damian Drake and Delilah Doom have to be a tag team somehow, some way, as they both... <laughs> Delilah Doom with her 80s kind of jazzercise character and Damian Drake now with his like <laughs> kind of 80s like yeah I don't know like character from like you see in high school in the 80s movie that's exactly what he reminds me of I think those two would just be a great tag team especially like if they're working off the letter D with Delilah Doom and Damian Drake they could figure something out I think they would be a fun and entertaining uh tag team because as you said it's not just 
performing. It's the, like Delilah Doom's like a very good performer while also a very good wrestler. And Damian Drake is starting. To, we we've kind of seen him as a wrestler be very good, but now we see him as with this character, kind of finding a character that suits him and he's enjoying and performing well. And uh, we see it especially this night with Damian Drake. So now on to Matt Vandegrift, again, another FSW talent. He's working at the NJPW Dojo currently. He's on his way to a higher atmosphere. He has new music and a new look. I love it. Also loved by the ladies. His wrestling has only improved since I last seen him, and he was already performing at a high level when I did. Both Matt and Damien are quality wrestlers, and I wanted to make sure that was put out there. Our, um, our ace in the hole here. This is where it gets fun. Bodie Young Prodigy. He's another monster no one sees coming until it hits you. He's 15, maybe 16 years old. I haven't checked recently. He's got a great start to a stellar future. He has a lot of everything, especially for his age. Young Bodie is a crown jewel at FSW. Definitely have him on your radar. You will definitely be seeing a lot more of him. Do you have anything to say on that one or no? I just, I didn't know. I was just going to shout out Vandegrift real fast too. We talk about the New Japan. Um, yeah, he has the show like New Japan Zoo in their uh, sh- showcase show. I think you can find it on New Japan Wrestling. I think it's for free if I'm not mistaken. But they're doing like a show academy showcase with uh, a lot of the talents um, like Matt Vandegrift. I, th- I was right too on the last one. I said I think it was Johnny Robbie was one of them. She she's yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, Nice. And a couple other names, if you've seen on the West Coast talent, um, they'll be doing, uh, they're working the New Japan Dojo Showcase Academy. And I definitely want to check it out just to see kind of what's going on because we've talked about Van Griff a lot, but we've seen the difference and the improvement since he's been at the dojo. And it's been nice seeing it um, uh, uh, this weekend, just seeing it all over since he was almost on every single card that we were on. Uh, we were at, uh, we got to see it quite a few times and glad to see him uh, getting that look on the showcase. So this point of the show here was where the FSW side of the crowd had really come alive. That's because a lot of their favorites are in this match together. A lot of excitement in these three men are coming out from the FSW side. The match starts with everyone doing cartwheels. It's always fun. Everyone loves it. Again, this is something that I think will translate well with kids in a very good way. So well, every- trying to get kids. Yeah. I think that might be the way to go, you know? I was going to say, everybody loved the cartwheels except Vandegrift, who decided to uh, cut off a cart, or he, as Jar Cartwheel was doing his cartwheel, he decided to dropkick him right in the face to start off the match. So, yeah, that's actually kind of funny. Vandegrift, he is the, you you read ahead of my notes. I'm almost, I okay, swear so to God, I did not. I just saw funny. Future Legends. I did not see the rest. Well, no, what it is, is you bad. and I are kind of on the same timeline. So my bad, my bad. Works. Oh, I'm destroyed. Uh, Vandegrift is the FSW Future Legends champion. He caught Jack in a cartwheel and turned into the Sweet Dreams. The match started hot with triple topes. Bodie Young uh, Prodigy with a sunset flip powerbomb. FSW has learned to work together to pick apart each GCW performer individually. And that's something I noticed for sure. We had This Is Awesome chance, GCW chance. There was an awesome spot with Alec and Cartwheel where they swung Bodhi into a gringo powerbomb. Beautiful spot. Bodhi with a 450 splash that I thought would have ended the match. We have gringo top rope springboard cutter into a tope. Cartwheel does a cartwheel into Sasuke's special with huge holy shit chants from the crowd. The story was written basically that FSW fought very hard, 
but GCW has some very serious talent coming into this fight. GCW lit the whole place on fire. The ending was basically Jack Cartwheel with the Jack Arrow for the win. So our winners here, Alec Price, Gringo Loco, and Jack Cartwheel. A huge standing ovation from the fans. They started pounding the ring. We started pounding the ring. And everybody was fucking thrilled. This was just face on face on face on face on face on face on face. Yeah, just <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Anything you have to say, dude, because... No, this was a crazy match, as you said. You kind of hit all the big spots there specifically. Um, It was a very fun match, and I saw a lot of people online talking about how this was probably one of their funnest matchups of the whole weekend out of any show that they've been to. So uh, mm. that just shows you how good uh, some of the fans are thought. I thought it was a very good match as well. Like, this was, as you said, all the all the people in there are very uh, much fan favorites, and they are awesome, and very uh, high flying and innovative, and we definitely saw a lot of innovative high flying stuff throughout this whole match. And I'm glad Bodie was able to kind of get on this as well and kind of uh, team up with Damian Drake and Vandergriff and uh, get his shine during this match as well. Yeah, that 450 splash is usually his finisher. Yeah, uh, when I saw that coming, I'm like, that kid's gonna lock down the fucking win for the team. And nah, and, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of the nationwide fans knew that that 450 was primarily his finisher. They probably just went, ah, another guy with a four finisher, but a 450 finisher. But eh, man, those 450s are so fucking hard. And then here comes Vikingo with what the 630, I think it is. Yeah, 630. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when we have a kid who I don't think he's even able to drive yet doing a 450 off the top rope, I mean, come on. How fucking cool. But yeah, there wasn't a single fan that was sitting down in their seats for very long. Just everything was so exciting and everyone had their favorites in this match. There wasn't any unhappy people with, Oh, fuck this guy. Fuck that. No, I could have easily. I was just as happy for Vandegrift as I was for Alec price as I was for Bodie. You know what I mean? No, I'm like, the same way. They all got their shine and delivered throughout this whole match. Yeah. Well, it was like, um, what's a good word for, uh, it's like watching a talent show and you're friends with each and every person that's in the talent show. And so you're rooting for them for different reasons. And it's almost like it doesn't matter who fucking wins. You just want to see them go. Yeah. And you want to see them all happen. Yep. Yeah. And that's what happened. And what a great fucking point. There is not a single person in that match that I don't want to see succeed. Yeah. I, I, I'm not the same way. One. Like I'm a fan of all of them. And I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit towards bodies. I'm glad he's got that spotlight in this uh, GCW uh, crowd that people will watch for, like on Fight TV, that people will be able to find out now a lot more about who Bodie is and his, I think, um, his fans are going to go up and his exposure is going to go up just from being on this card as well. That's what I think I was glad he got that exposure on this card. Oh, you can easily go a year or two or a year or so back more and you can catch him doing shit back then. This yeah. is nothing new in Las Vegas. That's why I'm saying exactly. I think people in GCW and the fans of GCW do need to pay attention to something like this because there's a huge upside here and a huge, uh, just a huge talent. Yeah. I don't have another way to put it. And um, the GC, the FSW, um, God, I'm, like I said, I'm at a loss for words. The FSW talent knows really well how to complement Bodie's style so they can work with him when he wants to climb the ropes or do something like that. <laughs> There's the thought that I was trying to get across. Like I said, thanks for working with me tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> But overall, like I said, a lot of people 
thought this was a match of the weekend. I thought it was a fantastic matchup, and all six competitors definitely delivered uh, during this match. Our fifth matchup of the evening. Representing GCW is Jordan Oliver going against FSW's JAY, Jacob Austin Young. And I'm kind of glad this matchup did happen because Jay's kind of very similar to what Zack Sabre kind of brought to the table the night before to uh, Jordan Oliver. Obviously, and a lot less uh, skill-wise, I believe, than Zack Sabre, but there's still the same technical ground game and the working of the joints and kind of telling the story of what's happening in the ring instead of all high bunch of high-flying moves. And that's exactly what this match turned into. And I'm glad that JAY got this matchup because he's been doing a lot of cool stuff too on New Japan uh, Strong as well. And seeing him get this matchup with Jordan Oliver was a perfect stylistic matchup in my opinion. And you know, that is still saying a lot when you're comparing someone up against Zack Sabre. So def- I'm guessing nothing against Jay for no, sure. No, 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 not at all. No. Yeah, I mean, it's because Saber is a true technician, and I would put Jay in that category. Yeah, yeah I, that's you how know? I always, that's why I, when I saw him first working with New Japan too, I was like, oh, that's perfect, because he's more the yes. strong style, work a whole, tell a story, and lay the shots in there with the striking, because his ground game was awesome, his striking is awesome, and with Jordan, ele- uh, keep on elevating his technical ground, game as well this was a perfect stylus matchup i enjoyed every piece of this match so i'm happy that i was able to start the first jay chin i've actually seen limited matches from him but i was happy with everything i did see leaning up to that so um you know all of my opinions on oliver i'm not even going to get into those i i was just sitting here looking at it i'm like okay everybody knows what i think of oliver but I did want to say, yeah, I'm a big fan of Jay. From what I've seen, I'm looking forward to seeing more for sure. I don't have a better way to put it than Jay, than Jay. So um, I just liked watching both of these guys, Oliver and Young, shake hands to begin. Oliver was on, I believe, his fifth fifth match of the week. Another strike heavy match. There was some usage of the ropes, but not a lot. Oliver was in control about 60% of the time, but around minute nine the fans are trying to pick up the match pace you could really tell a lot of wrestling not a lot of high spots or big spots jay isn't the crazy high flying chair swinging kind of guy that's what we were saying about the technician portion but our winner here was jordan oliver he closed out the match with that patented clout cutter so what are you thinking about this one? This is a 12-minute match this is a standard one but at the same time i i don't know if you noticed or not but the Vegas matches were all running around, unless it was a scramble, all running around the 12-minute mark. Yeah, I, I felt watching this like it felt like watching a New Japan match with the strong style, the ground game, and the selling. As you said, there, were, there weren't high flying around and stuff like that. I I just felt like I was in like the Tokyo, not Tokyo Dome, but like Kurokan Hall watching just uh, two technicians just going at it. It was cool. <laughs> like, you felt like you were in the Tokyo Dome. I was going to check what kind of drugs you were I'm about to say check what kind of... <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, like, what in the hell are you on? And why did I know, you that was the first place to stop. No, I enjoyed it. Like, it's, it was a different... <laughs> stylistically. Bro, I'm in the Tokyo Dome. That, oh, my God. Can't wait till wow. MLJ gets to say that one day. That'll be fun. <laughs> he just, he just, he's going to work himself towards it. That'll be fantastic. But, um... No, like we saw the high flying at the beginning. We saw the chaotic match or chaotic match at the beginning. The last match was the high flying. We saw good in ring with uh, really good heels with Danny Limelight and um, 
Titus Alexander. I think stylistically this matchup was different than any other matchup on this card, and that's typical GCW where they find somewhere to like appease all styles of wrestling fans. And this one, in my opinion, was one of those ones to appease the strong style, the old kind of more old school, not flippy floppy match. And both both competitors were perfect for it. And I thought this was a pretty good matchup. And I just liked how it was different compared to all the other different all the other matchups. I thought it wasn't kind of falling in line and doing the same thing that we've already seen before. It was different. I'm just going to expand on it without going into detail. I noticed that each match was put together to focus on something different each time. And all the way down to the FSW wrestlers, the way they were spread on the card up to this point, for sure. And, and towards the rest of this card, um, they were just spread across so well and their talents that they're, you know, better at seem to be yep. put into the match that focuses on their. Yeah, that's exactly so, what yeah. I was about to say. Like, it felt like each matchup was like to accentuate each other's style. And like, there was perfect. Yeah. You got the Macisos and Jimmy Lloyd in a chaos match. You got Gringo, Jack and Alec Price in a high flying match. So I, 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 in the same way, I thought this was perfect to uh, show off the strengths of both of these competitors. You said that a lot cleaner than me. <laughs> that never happens. You must've been hearing wrong. Cause that never happens. <laughs> Our sixth matchup of the evening has a bunch of different people representing both companies as it is a five-way scramble match. Uh, we have Starboy Charlie representing GCW, Bad Dude Tito, I think. I don't know who it Oh, He had to be representing FSW. I have no idea who uh, he was representing this He match. was representing himself. himself. Exactly. <laughs> New Japan. <laughs> he was with the MK. He was rolling with the MK Army. Uh, with also FSW, we have Nick Xander, Remy Marcel, and then back to Team GCW was Robert Martyr. And I don't know what to expect from this match. I just, I, I, this was a weird group of people to put in a scramble match. <laughs> so I was just, when I first saw this, I don't even know if this was announced or maybe I, I think I did see a package on it, um, uh, a little video package on it before or a poster of it, but I was just like, interesting. I just want to see yeah, what happens. Yeah. And so this match was pretty good. I'm glad Martyrs worked back in uh, FSW again. I'm glad to see Nick Xander on this show as well. That's one FSW talent I think is not being uh, pushed as properly or being showcased as much as I think that he deserves. I think he's a very, very good fan favorite um, in FSW. Got a big following out here and delivers and is improving each and every time as well. So I was kind of glad to see him get in this match. and. Um, I was interested to see the pairing of MK and Tito. MK is a Vegas manager <laughs> who is pretty funny as a manager. It seems like every time he's with somebody that they always lose, though. So uh, he seems to well, be always a, on the losing end. Heel. Yes, he's a heel. But if you understand heels in wrestling, like you know GCW fans do, you'd find what he does kind of funny. Yes, it's enjoyable to those who know. Kids would fucking hate him. He's you know mean and bad. <laughs> Yeah, this was a interesting scramble, though, but I think it was a good kind of midway match, mid-card match to kind of uh, reset everything and kind of get us ready for the ending of the last three matches and or last two or three matches. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. I was nice to see them all get their shine, especially Starboy. It's nice to see him out here, especially working with Bad DT. That's <laughs> that just seems to be Starboy's mentality now. Like, Let me just wrestle against the badasses, pull down my straps and get the shit beat out of me to show everybody how tough I am. Well, I saw Bad Dude Tito was in this, and I'm like, okay, there's the wrecking, like, there's the tank. And then from there, who the hell knows? I know that if anybody was going to give 
bad. Well, honestly, bad Tito can have a bad, yeah, bad dude. Tito could have real problems with Remy because Remy is a veteran and he's just damn solid. Um, Remy, uh, Robert Martyr. Jeez, you got, you're throwing me off. I can see what you're doing over there on the camera. We're well, yeah, we're being real. Uh, yeah. Between my stuttering from being tired and you over there, I'm being <laughs> professional back here. I don't know. What yeah. Yeah. That, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So I'll just go into what I was talking here. Robert Martyr is damn good, especially for his age. He knows his way around a body. I believe he has an amateur wrestling background. I'm not a hundred percent, but he certainly wrestles like he does. Bad dude Tito, he's all right in my book. I love hosses. I like big guys. Um, I think he's he improving me as a diner. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one there. Yeah, he's well, improving in the ring so much. Part of his finisher is also the Steiner. Forget. <laughs> that's that's one of his. No, um, he said he was going to hit it in this match. The Steiner screwdriver. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's why that, and then you put the singlet and everything together. I'm like, that's a fucking Steiner. He's just, got the attitude generation. for it, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, He's man. Got that loose I, cannon I appreciate in that. Love it. We need more like that. Every now and then, we need a little crazy in the ring. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double with you here, Nick Stander. He's honestly, truly one of my favorites. I'm with you. Also, he needs more eyes on him. That's pretty much. He just needs more exposure. I've asked and asked GCW to have him on their shows. Dude is good. I like watching him. Anybody who sees him likes watching him. The girls like watching him. People love doing the heartbeat thing with their hands. Listen, that gimmick is fucking awesome because sometimes with the starting of his whole entrance, it's just boom, 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 boom. And let me tell you what's fucking cool is that you could just be in the middle of a promo and all of a sudden you hear that shit just go boom, boom, boom. And it's just um, it's just ominous. And the other thing that's nice about that is it's really easy to clap and it's really easy to chant. And um, I only say that for one small reason. And I was trying to think if I wanted to mention this or not. But this is something that happens at some of these shows where you get to meet people. And, you know, I didn't have a chance to meet this person. But there was a person in the crowd who I believe was blind or could not see very well. And I not a I'm not even gonna get any further into that, but I want you to know that I really enjoyed sitting them sitting there and watching them enjoy the claps. The claps would come up and they would smile and you would just hear them clapping. And it was fantastic. I really liked that. So that kind of links into the whole thing where, you know, the whole thing with Xander. But yeah, everybody's a big fan. We do a lot of uh pictures with Xander. We like to buy his stuff. He's just someone that for the longest time, uh, I just want to see him get where he needs to go because, I mean, I don't have much more that I can really say without repeating myself. That's about the best way to put it. Hippie Charlie is out. I think all he needs are just some sunglasses. But then I realized if he had the right sunglasses and a tie-dye shirt, he's not too far away from being Spike Dudley. It's it's possible. Interesting. I, I don't know if he really wants to be that type to take that abuse. No, but I think he's also way better in ring too. <laughs> yeah, Spike, that's what I was going to say. Let's not destroy no disrespect. that talent. Yeah. No, I, full respect. He does not need to be doing that. He's better than that. Yes. You know what I mean? He's better than getting thrown through tables and shit in that fashion. Yeah. Because a lot of the ways Spike Dudley was thrown through shit was kind of hazardous. It wasn't oh my as God, loving yeah. as it should have been. So, yeah, I would not want to see Starboy in that abusive style uh, of wrestling. Same. But 
backstage. Charlie is so fucking awesome. Well, here's what I was thinking too. It's kind of a little, we'll give Starboy some time here. I wonder if he's doing this on purpose to start shedding the boy, star boy stuff with him getting in the ring with these big hosses and like people, you know, that are going to beat the living shit out of him and him taking down his straps and willingly taking it. I wonder if this is building to something with his character of dropping that star boy stuff. And he can now like fall back and like, Hey, I've taken the biggest and baddest motherfuckers you've given to me. Yes. I might not have won them all, any of them or all of them, but I have been able to walk out on my own and showed every the world, how tough I am to kind of shed the whole star boy stuff. I wonder if that, like I've been thinking of that lately. If when I'm watching him, if that's part of kind of where he's kind of going with his gimmick changing. That's a good question. I was going to say, I think it's further here in my notes. I've noticed that he's been getting in better shape, as in I think that he's been putting on muscle. So I wouldn't be surprised if the only way to climb the ladder is to try to crack on, you know, crack on bigger stones to go up the mountain and you're going to have a fucking struggle. And it's nice to see him do that instead of just, um, you know, going in some cruiserweight style things where it's Lucha. You know, he doesn't fit in that. and. Um, I'm happy he's not there. We're going to see a better Starboy Charlie when he's featured in singles matches. And he could be, but it's going to take a little while. I don't know what it is, if it's storyline or more character development to um, make him more interesting to the fans to where they're going to want to hold on to something. I don't mean it in a bad way. I just say that if he finds his little hook that he can get in people's hearts, I think he's going to be in a much better place because... Everything else he's doing is the right thing. He's getting his body in order. He's a fantastic kid. He is like in the ring. You can even see his smiles are just there. He's genuinely happy. Yeah. I like that. I thought maybe his character was fully going to change or uh, they were going to drop that whole star boy stuff when he was having his matches with Joey Janela and Blake Christian. And they both cut promo saying, you're not a yeah. boy. You're a man now. Like I thought, that's where they should have started doing it. If not, just completely done it. But I'm wondering Star now man. if they kind of maybe yes, yeah, man. <laughs> I think maybe if they kind of maybe missed that chance to do, it, and that's why now he's repackaging into kind of like the the overalls and the socks and everything. I wonder if maybe that's what's kind of he's going to repackage it now. I don't know. It's just a thought I was thinking of well, while I was watching him this week that weekend. Well, the hippie thing would kind of age him gimmick wise. Also. um, the weed thing kind of would age him a little more. So he's not as much of a boy if he's into the weed industry and he's out there cutting, you know, cutting buds all day. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like he's got to be at least 16 to 18 if he's making oil out there. So <laughs> you don't know. I, yeah. Anyway, um, let's get back to the match here. My mind was wondering on that one. So let's get over here to Remy Marcel. Remy is a solid wrestler, solid performer. If you need someone to trust to do something in the ring, I think he would be it. Uh, great gimmick, well-developed physique, believable mean guy look, but truly a nice guy. Tito came out hot and used the first minute to clear the ring. Heartbeat had a great showing during this match. Tito was featured and dominant throughout. I would put Nick Xander, the heartbeat, as the number two featured performer in this match. A lot of team moves halfway through. There was really no real teams, but they chose to work together, which made these kind of throw together teams. There were dueling Boston Crabs at one point. Tito with a nasty Steiner screwdriver. Remy with a killer spinning DDT. At one point, I realized I couldn't keep up with the moves anymore. I was noticing that Starboy is seriously, there it is in my notes, getting in shape. 
Our winner here, though, was Starboy Charlie. He wins with a roll-up on Nick Xander. So you want to go before I go here? Because I do have a couple post-match comments, but I wasn't sure here. I would just watch the whole the Steiner screwdriver. Holy shit. Yeah, that one was bad. I was like, oh, now I remember like, oh, Nick's head, like Nick's neck. I was like, holy shit. Just yeah, look pretty bad, but it was delivered awesomely. It looked pretty good. Good old fashioned 90s style. Scary, dangerous and looks fucking awesome because of it. So. I think they all delivered. Like I said, this ex- definitely exceeded my expectations. I did not think I didn't know what to expect, but. This actually being in person and watching it back now, like, yeah, there, this was a solid scramble. It felt very good. Not one of those high flying ones, but you get the little mix of Xander and Starboy flying around. You get the the big hot stuff from Tito. And then you got Martyr just doing whatever the hell he wants to do and getting his shit in. I, I enjoyed this uh, scramble match. So, my opinion, there was just a lot of talent in this match. They had a lot more to offer. Remy, Nick, Sander, and Martyr are very talented individuals. Like I said, they just need more eyes on them. Our favorite hippie, Starboy, wins another fast-paced match. He seems to be winning every now and then. It's kind of fun to see. Very short scramble time. I'm not complaining because everyone got their time to shine. But just going back to Remy, Nick, Sander, and Martyr, they do have a lot more to offer. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just they could all three have excellent singles matches on their own. So. Just wanted to mention that. For our seventh matchup of the evening, it is a title match as it is for the FSW women's title as the champion representing team FSW Viva Van goes one-on-one with representing GCW Billy Starks. And this was the match that everything that you were saying about Viva Van filling in or probably maybe getting that match against Maki Ito, this Mm -hmm. match is pretty much kind of proving your point. And I think this one had a little bit more potential than maybe her match against Maki. I think Billy's um, in-ring is a little bit higher up than Maki, even though Maki's kind of plays the character and plays um, the MDK stuff now more. She can still go in the ring when needs to, but it's more if you need to have a serious, straight-up, no-nonsense one-on-one match, Billy versus Viva Van was the perfect matchup. And I thought as a... Kind of a coal mine event. This was the the matchup before the main event. I thought this was a very, very high quality, high level match between uh, Billy Starks and Billy Van. I loved, I loved this match in person. It was awesome seeing the struggle Billy had and the menacing kind of in ring work that Viva Van kind of played off throughout this whole matchup. All right, so Viva Las Vegas, day two hundred and ninety four of her title reign as the FSW women's champion. Great matchup for Billy. I have to say, I didn't know what to really expect, but this was a much more mature and wrestling heavy match than I expected. And Billy handled handled herself very well. I have seen so much improvement over the last year with her. And I just wanted to just mention that for a minute that boy, has she really stepped it up. The fans agreed tons of Billy uh, chance when she came out, it just, erupted everybody knew who the hell she was and it was obvious there was a handshake to start here viva could really lay down some great matches in gcw if she was allowed again this would not be somebody who would be cracked open and bleeding this would be someone who when she comes out she is just a threat um let's see i'm trying to think of her name off the top of my head and i really can't and it's really sad it'll come to me later but um she reminds me of her a little bit, and this would be a perfect type of person. 
I'll I'll get to it later. Um, but both women end up almost even. They know each other's moves, which I thought was fantastic. Billy was putting up an excellent fight. There was a nasty spot where Viva hit a rolling senton onto Billy onto the floor. Her head bounced off the cement. You could hear it. Like you could hear a thump on the fucking concrete. And if anybody's been anywhere on concrete, if you hear a solid thump and someone falls, they hit something hard. She was on the ground legitimately for a small amount of time. She was trying to get those, you know, those butterflies to go away. I mean, that's just how it was. I remember like cringing when I heard the thump and like turning away. I was like, oh, "Oh, like I do not want to hear, see that. That was so bad. Like I was just hoping for the best. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was just terrible. We all the way through dueling Billy Viva chance back and forth. Uh, Billy was fighting Viva with a level of maturity that was beyond her experience. They're putting on a fantastic match. Again, I was really surprised by how much Billy had in this. I don't I don't mean anything bad of it. I really don't. It's just where she's at in her age and what she's done. I'm like, okay, but then when you see her step in the ring with someone who's a touch more polished on the wrestling side, she really delivered. Um, there was a nice spot here, and this was kind of how our uh, how our finish happened. Billy hit an awesome gory bomb, but then Viva turned around and turned it into a Hurricane Rana. So our winner here was Viva Van. And uh, it was a great matchup. Yeah, you hit all the, the good spots with it. I, I thought this was awesome. I thought, like I said, this was, as you said, too, in your notes, the perfect matchup for Billy, but also for Viva Van in a way to ex- give her further exposure um outside of like the fsw and kind of like the north the west coast she kind of mostly is where i see her wrestling on other different promotions out here um with this match i think this will hopefully elevate her and we start seeing her more on other uh in other companies throughout the united states as well because yeah but this was perfect stylistic matchup between both of them and i think like i said it just showed the perfect struggle with viva van being a little bit Maybe more polished, not more polished, but the veteran and like which way to kind of keep the advantage and keep the hold and stuff like that. Kind of ex- not expose Billy, but show Billy like, hey, like you're doing fantastic stuff, but I'm right here right now. Like you're you're almost there to my level. And I, I think I'm very glad that Viva got the win as well to kind of keep on playing that. And um, I'm glad that she just got this match and they both delivered and had a entertaining matchup. And I see a lot too, when I see Billy Russell for ring of honor and it's like a little bit like the Trisha Dora's out there and stuff like that. She steps up her game like tremendously when it's called for. And she's like, she takes that spotlight and has delivered in all her matches. I've seen a ring of honor um, in the short time that she's been there for a little bit. And I just can't wait to see what the future holds now that she will probably be working there a little bit more full time and seeing all the fun matchups that she could have um, on ring of honor as well, while still doing work for GCW as well. Yeah. We'll triple down on it. Billy was a solid contender for that title, solid opponent. And the last thing I'll say here, I stand by everything I say about Viva van from the last show to this show. I think she's a badass. Um, she just needs more eyes on her again. And to me, the person I was looking for, I think she's a next generation Lufisto. That's what that was gives. the name I was she thinking of vibes. When no you couldn't shit. think of a name, I was like, okay, who's like a no nonsense. Like when they just step in the ring, it's going to go the down. Aura. You don't need the, the fuckery the or nothing. Yeah. Yep. Lufisto just demands it's the Lufisto. attention. Yep. That was, that's who I was thinking of. That's a great wow. call. I, I agree with you. That will lead us into our main event of the evening. As it is FSW's own 
Alexander Hammerstone going against GCW's bad boy, Joey Janela. And this was fun. This was actually a really good match. I'm glad they didn't get all the fuckery with, uh, going on with it. This was a nice, solid match from Joey. But I thought stylistically, I was very interested to see what this would turn into because of just the size difference and kind of like the stylistic where Hammerstone's the the big muscle guy is going to put you in a lot of impressive power bombs and slams. And Joey Janela's going to maybe have to dig deep and get into the fuckery to win this match. But Joey just held his own and they did a lot of just straight wrestling. And I'm very glad to see that because Hammerstone is one of those other names too is just being slept on, I think, by a lot of these bigger companies. And I, I just don't know how you could have that look. We've seen him quite a few times in FSW live and in person. Oh, yeah. He's a fantastic wrestler and could go with anybody, anybody and has good stylistic matchups against hosses, against little guys, against technicians. He always delivers in all his matches. And, uh, yeah, I understands uh, the psychology of a match mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Like, I think the biggest company I know that he's working for is maybe MLW, but I just yeah. under, understand how he's not working with other quote-unquote bigger companies because he's got the look, the understanding, the demeanor. He gets it, and he has it, I believe. So um, seeing him get this main event spotlight, as he'll say later on, he wasn't uh, on the last FSW versus GCW. I think you might have any notes. If not, I we could look up what he said. But um, I thought that was uh, – this was a – great kind of make up for the first one of not being on against Joey Janela and this uh, FSW versus GCW two. Okay. So we know a lot about Janela. I'll give you a little bit about Hammerstone. Motherfucker is thick. 277 pounds. Dude is all muscle. hundred percent beef. He held the FSW champion for an extremely long time. He breathes FSW. This dude is a three-time champion. He's also the longest reigning champion in FSW history. So, of course, that means that good old... uh Uh-oh, what you got to say? What you thinking? Sorry, I was just going to say, too, I don't know if you've seen, like, any older footage of Hammerstone uh, in FSW, like, when he was kind of just starting off teaming with Graves. Have you seen, seen, like, what he looked like then? Okay. Dude was not always as massive. Like, he always looked good and, like, had a good, nice tone look. But good body. when he yeah. took it up to the next level, yeah, you see, like, the Hulk Hogan just come out in him. And he just got that phenom- phenomenal physique, I think. And it's just, I was just thinking real fast when you're giving the history of him, like, 100, when he said all, uh, all muscle, 100% beef, like, just yeah. fu- moving yeah. back to the old time of seeing him kind of as this little skinnier version of Hammerstone. And now he's like, this version is just crazy how much hard work he's put into his body. That's that's really the two best words here, and it's not like I'm practice I'm practicing it like I should, but I definitely understand it from him. You could see it in his tweets. You could just see it from his attitude and his look. Hard work is what he's really preaching because that body that he has is a matter of just putting down pure work. So good for him, a hundred percent good for him. I wish I could do it. I'll tell you what, if I did 20% of what he did, I'd look damn great. Shit. If I just, <laughs> if I just looked at what he did and I'd be like, Oh, okay. I'm already lost five pounds just by looking at the hard work that he does. All yeah, right. Yeah. As long as I can see my dick one day again. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So Hammerstone grabs a mic. He says he fucking dislikes Joey dude, your diet over there. He calls GCW a bunch of neck beards. He says Cornette told him about us and he loves the heat. He hates Joey. Joey drinks and smokes and he doesn't care about himself. Hammerstone doesn't like him. Honestly, we have Hammer Heel. 
Janela answered with an elbow to the face, and the bell rang. I was shocked Hammerstone went heel. I thought that yeah, was right? just so easy to keep him face and just have Joey Janela get all the booze so easily. I was shocked easy that that heel, happened. Heel magnet. Yeah, that was like the most stunning part about this whole show is Hammerstone working as a heel for no reason. I, I, I don't know. I'm still, I like I'm it, still though. like stumped. I like I it. We get it. to see a different version of him. It's not going to hurt his FSW status as a heel or face. Like no, he's still going to get no. cheered. Like that was why I was wondering with Danny Limelight and Titus. But that's why I was like, hey, if you're working on their home promotion and that person is the champion and the heel, you want to keep them heel. So it's smart to turn Titus the face. But I was shocked on this one. Well, if kept away from hardcore stuff and everything else, Hammerstone's another one where he could, it's like Shane Mercer. Just put oh, him in the yeah. ring and let him just tank everyone. Yeah, give him the pounce. Like, be, that would have been a good matchup yeah. if Mercer wasn't hurt and was able to come out for that weekend. Yeah. Oh. Well, that would that would be yeah similar styles. That would be yeah that would be a similar style kind of thing. Um, yeah, Hammerstone, Hammerstone, something else. I just wanted to make sure I had a little bit written up about him because for someone who hasn't seen him before, they need to know that he's naturally a face, and this is the first time I've ever booed against him. Yep. Ever. I mean, I booed against him because I was rooting for Ice Williams because I do like Ice Williams. Like, I think Uh the first, I've seen him wrestle quite a few times against each other. That's why I was kind of like, I was saying earlier, like Ice Williams, I think should have been champion maybe a long time, a long time before than what he is now. But the first couple of times I was rooting for Hammerstone, but then once I started getting ice and understanding the faction and seeing them and like evolve and get better in their characters, I started really rooting for Ice Williams a little bit more lately uh, than Hammerstone. Hammerstone, just because... I like seeing the improvement of Ice Williams, but Hammerstone is, as you said, very easy to cheer for and a very likable person, wrestler, yeah. performer, and it's very easy to root for someone like him. So let's talk about hard work again. Joey looks fucking slim down, dude. He looked good. You could see it from the side where we were sitting. I keep looking. I'm like, I don't know how much he's down, but he's down, what, 20 pounds? Oh, maybe, yeah. Give or take. Like, he is down. There's a lot of fat that was not on him anymore. Yeah, he's he's looked like he's getting in shape too for like I always wonder if like he was getting in shape for like a if there's a reason or not or if he's just doing it to do it. Sometimes he'll say like oh like I got this big show coming up I got to lose whatever pounds and got to cut out the lobster or there's other times like he just like oh I don't give a fuck about my weight I could lose it another time. Yeah, I I don't know, but whatever he's doing is working and I wanted to make sure that he understands that there are some people that that see it. So Hard work pays. Good for him. Um, that Hammerstone GCW heel thing. I I would love to see how GCW would have received him. Just general show. You know, he's in Las Vegas. Hammerstone V. I don't know. I would like to know if naturally he would be cheered or booed. I think I'm booed. trying to figure it out. I would I say think that's think why they leaned just, in right there. Yeah, just just because. Uh, I don't want to go too far. I think he would just be booed. I, by that. You ready? GCW you ready defense. for this? Here's my thoughts. Number one, I kind of led on to what I think is why they did it. And number two, I think the GCW was so vocal that they needed that counterbalance because I think they understood that we were going to boo Hammerstone anyway and would have thrown off booking. We threw yeah. off booking a lot, or at least we felt like we right. did. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we, we feel like, you know how it goes. They... You know, they dangle whatever. And we were like, we want that because they, you know, dangled it. So, <laughs> uh, but, but I thought about that. I tried to think about that for a while because I thought it was such a curveball. But looking at it, if Hammerstone was a face, we would have booed him anyway. And it was vocal. It would have came across. 
and that would have thrown everything off because he's a total face. Yeah, and then it would have made him kind of look bad if he was trying to be the face there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, you're right. I yeah, that's smart. Once and again, smart booking. That would have failed weekend. his character. That would have failed his character. Yeah, we talked about the booking of lifestyle and how we enjoyed like the segments rolling into each other and like the, the there's just overall good booking from that show and I think it bled into this show and I think Joe and Brett did an awesome job of portraying their respective wrestlers in a light that will help further expose them in a positive manner and like you said kind of get the show them their strengths even though the hammerstone switched to a heel yeah at the end we he kind of we see him go face yeah, a bit, yeah. but we could see like what kind of talent they've done and i think that was smart booking if that makes total sense if if he's going to come out as a face and we're going to boo him anyway that's just going to that might even really hurt him so might as well just come out, be the heel, and the stay keep booing you. I like that. That's smart booking. Oh yeah. Okay. Just just kind of going in the middle for fun here. I'm smiling ear to ear because I just got an email that said we have a post TOS mailbag in Patreon right now. Yeah, I saw that. Ooh. And it might go live. It might, we, we might have to uh, end this and uh, hop on there. Uh, <laughs> That's really cool. I I hope that something good comes. To that we'll probably get a recording tonight or tomorrow. You know or probably tomorrow because i get my hopes <laughs> you never know we you know how ours is too, right, yeah. now and then you know we, we, it happens yes um joey was telling that he was having an issue moving and picking up hammerstone there was a spot in this match where hammerstone leans over the ropes and stares down at somebody that's me I think I pissed him off a little or he was just working with me because I was probably the oldest guy there and he may have understood, hey, this is this guy. So also, I got the finger when he was pinning Joey at some point, too, but that didn't show up on camera very well. <laughs> so I got under Hammerstone a little but later on. I talked to him and he's such a nice guy. And I told him, thanks for working with me. And if you need to, again, please, you know, heal me or, you know, face me, whatever you need to do. Uh, same thing with Brett the Threat and some of those guys. I wish I would have talked to him ahead of time. I'm like, yeah, heal me, baby. Just go ahead and work me. I'll make it. I was ready to argue with Brett the Threat, but he, you know, he's he's doing his thing. I can't just sit there and try to grab his attention to argue with him. It's stupid. So uh, a ton of Hammerstone chants. This is Hammerstone's home. I would say um, just when it comes to love, Hammer was really being disrespectful to Janela and the GCW fans. Irregardless, we did our best to chant. There were Janela chants all the time. The story being told is one where Joey's fighting with his back against the wall, and Hammer is the disrespectful heel that just wants to stomp his ass out. He doesn't like GCW. He doesn't respect GCW and their fans, and that's how he's going to eliminate them is just stomping the shit out of Joey. Joey spent a lot of time getting his ass kicked. He had several small rallies, but the back was giving problems and that kept him doing from uh, from doing many moves. What I did like about Hammer is that every move has impact. Because of his size, because of the beef, you know, sit down power bomb, that whole fucking thing goes boom. Everything he does like when he sometimes he will go to the top rope and does like the diving drop kicks. Like I think the very first show that one show I was telling you about with my son and family, we went to the Danny Limelight incident for the FSW yeah. show. He went out the top rope and did a uh, missile drop kick, but like the, the just the backwards, but he didn't tuck his chin and he kind of knocked himself loopy. He said, like, afterwards, he cut a promo. He's like, hey, first things first, when in wrestling, they tell you to tuck your chin. That's the reason why, man. I'm still a little feeling it, a little loopy here. Like, he yeah. felt it, but the Absolutely impact. Happened. Oh, yeah. But the, yeah. every time he hits the ground, the impact, like you said, the ring shakes. He just, 
he's just so muscle and like i was just watching him <laughs> laying down like just how tall he is laying down with his just straight mass was just incredible right. and uh yeah everything was super impactful for him yeah he was a foot and a half tall laying down on his back yes he's just thick i love i love the struggle of this whole match as you said like of joey being able to lift have moving hammerstone and lifting him and then uh at one point let me make sure it's not in your notes here i don't want to skip ahead Okay, no, I don't see it. But uh, <laughs> when uh, Hammerstone goes to deliver the Nightmare Pendulum to Joey, and Joey kind of counters it and turns it into a suplex, that's his first time Like he got the the crowd behind him. It was such perfect yeah. timing because yeah. it's a counter to the finisher from Hammerstone, and I, that was his last shot to lift him up, and it just told a perfect story uh, at the perfect time, I think, uh, during this match. So... Finally, we get a little GCW style here. About nine minutes in and Joey goes outside and he finds a chair. There's a vicious double stomp by Joey into Hammer's chest with that chair on top of it. If you look, it was really cool. He kind of he didn't just stomp on him. He literally stomped and let the feet sit there on his chest, then got off. I think that's the first time I've ever seen a double stomp on a chair on someone's chest where Joey just stood there. It was I don't know. Just, he would have first time. He would have to drive that point home. Like I saw it too. Yeah. Like it was like one of those coup de gras that not just like let me hit you and get off. It was like let me just force my feet into your chest and yeah. st- stick you in eight feet into the ground. So even as a heel, Hammer has a hard time getting booze in Las Vegas. He eventually picks up Joey and throws him through the chair, which Bennett all terrible ways. So our finish here, Hammerstone picks up Janela and delivers that nightmare pendulum for three. My son was in the kitchen and he turned around just for the ending and he goes, oh my God, that move is cool. I said, oh, and you've seen that like a bunch of times, dude. He's like, that move's still cool every time I see it. I love that nightmare pendulum, dude. And he delivers it to some of the bigger comp- like competitors I've seen Fuck him do yeah. it. He's so strong. And yeah, that is a brutal move. Like just even yeah, thinking back, I didn't. Like I just missed it. It just happened on my end, but just oh. seeing it happen every time. It's just, it's so, so for those of you that don't know what the nightmare, you didn't describe what it was, right? I don't want to. No. Okay. No, so what did it, the nightmare pendulum is they hammerstone lifts them up for a su- vertical suplex and he kind of just stalls there. And then instead of falling backwards uh, and driving it for a suplex, he ends up flipping the wrestler forwards and having the feet kind of do like a 180 where now his feet are on the ground and the head's coming down to the ground and he slams his opponent right into the ground from the suplex going forwards instead of backwards. And it's, it's an incredible move. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't stress, like it's one of the more impressive finishers I've seen. And every time I see it, I'm just like, I actually get terrified for the talent taking it. Cause it's just, it's either such a whiplash to not bounce off with the momentum he's doing, or you're banging the back of your head and you're going to be knocked out. Cause it's some, it's a brutal and devastating finisher, but we don't have that much in wrestling anymore like powerbomb used to be mm-hmm. the most devastating finisher you're just slamming him into the ground but nowadays now like you just drop them or you let him fly, fly fall down instead like a fall away slam like i love how he drives that opponent in into the ground on that nightmare professionally pendulum. yes not like a, yeah he's i've never seen him do a reckless and i've never seen anyone get hurt from it but every time i'm watching it it just looks so brutal where i just mm-hmm. like jump and get scared because it looks so brutal but he's so careful when he does that, as you said and it's i've never seen anyone injured but it's one of the more impactful finisher moves i've seen so please tell me that you somewhat understand why i'm big on hosses is stuff like impact size like to me like I'm a tall guy 
but Hammerstone to me is even still a big guy. And I kind of, I kind of like that. Oh yeah. Like juicy every now and then it's nice for your heroes to still be bigger than you, even when you're my size. And I just love that impact. I just, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of bring it up because I'm like, I'm seeing you really love this. And I'm like, that's what I love about hosses and big boy wrestling. I actually want to say, I want to say I saw uh, Hammerstone perform the Nightmare Pendulum too juicy at that first show I went with my family at that anniversary show. Really? The 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 final, like it was the the main event was Hammerstone, um, Juicy. Oh my God. And I think the last one was Toa Leona. Like that was the main event of like the, uh, of, um, one of the anniversary shows. If I could be mistaken, but it's wow. like it's it was like those it was three big hosses as you said that you would have absolutely loved. Um That's my shit. Or maybe it was yeah, it was somebody. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was it was impressive seeing him lift whatever if it wasn't juicy, juicy's a big dude, it was another hoss into the, that high and drive him in perfectly into the nightmare pendulum. Dude. I love Hammerstone. Not in this match because I was playing the fan part, but otherwise Hammerstone always gets my support. My son loves, you know, screaming for him. My wife does. Um, he puts in, again, just a lot of hard work. He has this aura online of having an understanding about what wrestling truly is. And I do like that a lot about it. So I would say in the end, true Hammerstone style. He grabbed a microphone and he basically said that he thought Joey was an asshole, but he's changed his mind. So now they like each other and all is good in the world. So Thank you so much, but uh, yeah, I I keep going back to that reason that Hammer was heel. Like, wow, how different! Just so rare. I think in, that in Vegas. I think that promo too was pretty crazy, pretty cool. Like to yeah, see them both kind of well bury the hatchet or whatnot, or let bygones be bygones and do business. And this is why I wish like more people would just do this shit and like like. This was a fantastic match, a perfect way, perfect main event. And just to think that this could have been done a year prior, but because of how certain feelings are and stuff like that, like denied the fans of it. And I like you can work with whoever you want to work for. That's fine. But I just wish just wrestling in general would just like, but do business, like be professionals, do business and make a lot of money. And then guess what? That's going to make you probably hate that person a lot less because you just made a bunch of money working together. And bury the hatchet and continue on happy. Like it was just, I, I enjoyed this promo from Hammerstone. I just wish like other, not just saying any GCW specific, but just in general wrestling, like wrestlers, just put your shit aside, do business, have good shit, make lots of money and make the fans happy. And then go back to hating each other afterwards. So just be safe in the ring and do that. Shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just get frustrated. And, and that's why I was so like, I really did enjoy this promo of Hammerstone kind of just saying, yeah, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm growing up. I'm going to be a better person and I'm going to start off by forgiving or not letting how I feel about Joey affect this trip. I did let it affect one time. I'm not going to let it affect this time. So I'm glad that, uh, you were got to see that side of Hammerstone and deliver that promo. Yeah. I really think that, um, I think they just put that together real quickly and it worked really, really well. Yeah. It really did. And that is it. I, I can't remember. Would it end up being 4-4? Was it a tie for FSWG? I forgot what they said. I, like, I was paying attention yes, to I it until so. the end. I kind of stopped paying attention Give to it. Give me a second. I'll, uh, I'll count it up right now. Yeah, because I, I actually thought there was seven. I didn't even think there was eight. Right. He's doing math on his Price head. Logo, yeah. that's six. Oh, dude. I'm yeah, trying not I'm... to mess up his math here, so I'm trying to be Jordan, quiet. Jordan, Starboy. Viva, 
hammer so it was four, it was four. tied four and four oh, good that's a good way well to do a, one well of those done. shows yeah and i think probably the right competitors won each match and showcased each other's talents no matter the win or loss and i think both companies this was fun this was one of these how the promotion should be these kind of matches and when they do like the gcw versus new south and stuff like what's about to come up like that's what makes these fun these co uh, co-promotion rivalries uh shows like i just enjoy being able to keep track of who won and who lost but and seeing new talent and i think fsw of course delivered and we showcased the the right talent that we did to represent fsw on gcw's platform damn you said it better than i did i got lucky uh memorable moments you want to do the memorable moments first sure okay so i'm gonna start right off with the uh the day the fun eight man tag that really started the show off right rena versus maserati again i'll say it maz is an untapped talent being titus alexander live i love that dude limelight having a bucket load of talent he's always fun he always knows how to get under everyone's skin great heel and let me mention one of the few that actually was on the mat before the show selling merch i don't want to go too too far into that but i appreciate it as a fan that some of those talents are out there selling merch before and after the show Cardona talked about that on Twitter one day saying something about how you really should be out there selling your merch, making your money, not just standing backstage, blah, blah, blah. I'm a firm believer in that. When I went to the show, I only saw a couple. He was one of them that was out there selling things beforehand. And I just wanted to say I really appreciated that. Yeah. Even as an asshole heel. Yeah, it was uh, Danny. Then like right before him, before Danny went to the or before. Danny came out as Vandegrift beforehand, so it was seeing nice yes. these two talents that hey, let's listen to these veterans who are making a lot of money here and they're doing some shit, something easy to go out there and sell your merch. It was, it was as you said, it was nice seeing talent recognize veterans' advice and taking it. And as you see, like Danny Limelight and Vandegrift are one of the more popular ones out here in FSW. So it was uh, nice to see that kind of advice being taken by those two talents. Uh, something else I remember was the uh, tacos outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I was hungry, so the tacos <laughs> were really good. The six-man tag featuring some of the best FSW talent available all shined. All were very entertaining. Bodie, Damien, and Vandegrift are some of the top talent at FSW. Looking forward to seeing some of them again down the road because I think when and if FSW versus GCW3 happens, I'm hoping that the GCW fans will have a better understanding of the Vegas talent and what a threat they can be to GCW. The next one here would be Jordan versus J-A-Y. It was a solid match. I'm a huge fan now of good old Jacob Austin Young. Personally, he seems like a really nice guy who I'd love to chat with. I don't know why or how, but I see him when he walks by and goes, he just seems like a really nice guy, and I kind of like that. The five-way featured a lot of solid wrestlers, Nick Xander and Robert Martyr especially. Viva Van and Billy Starks, good match, more evenly matched than expected. Billy's game has really stepped up this past year. Basically, the last part here, the main event delivered, was curious what Joey would pull out of Hammerstone and vice versa wrestling-wise. I was kind of curious to see how that matchup would go. You know, Joey's in the ring with a, a lot of different people, and the way wrestling is now... Hammerstone is a different people. You know, there's not a lot like him. Right yeah. Uh, some of my memorable moments of the evening was 
seeing uh seeing the the talent that FSW brought, like I said, I I'm just glad they did uh, give Vandegrift, Danny Limelight, Bodie, uh, Damian Drake, Viva Van, all the people that FSW put out there. I was happy for, and they all delivered on the bigger stage. Um, seeing Danny Limelight and, and my son interact again with each other was pretty fun. Maserati as well. Uh, Ripping, uh, trying to get in my son's face and faking him out with the high five was fun. The team of G Sharp, Brett the Threat, Lights, Camera, Action. That first match was fun. Like I, I know a lot of people loved the the Alec Price, the Gringo Loco match. I kind of like the chaoticness of the the first match and the crowd. Like I think that was the highest energy of the night was that first match too. Even though it was it was all night long, um, I really enjoyed the whole match. The entire time was like FSW, GCW. This the dueling yep. chance was awesome. Um. Uh, yep, Maserati already said Danny Limelight that the that six man though with Price Gringo Jack Hartwell against Bodie Damon Jacob Vandergriff was awesome. Um, seeing a nice different stylistic and pace of match between JAY and Jordan was perfect, I think, in this match and uh showed both of their strengths as competitors. And the main event, Hammerstone getting it to go against Joey Janela was awesome. Um, I like I said, I, I really like that promo, I thought it was pretty cool, but. Both guys actually delivered, and Joey, I think, made a, did an awesome job making Hammerstone look like a trillion dollars. Even he looks like a million dollars already. Like Joey did an yeah, excellent job of yeah. selling everything that he did and made him look good. And I'm glad to see Hammerstone get the GCW, not rub, but get on uh, that platform and hopefully uh, expose his brand and his character as, um, even further in FSW. Uh, so something I wanted to mention since we're kind of towards the end here was that I noticed in this show, not one single match overstated to welcome. No. And that was the one I feel while like watching AEW double or nothing. I felt like, God, like these matches, like each match could have ended two, three, four minutes earlier and would have been perfect. Uh, like, I'm glad you said that because this one, nothing felt like, oh my God, let's go home already, finish this. Every match was perfectly timed, perfectly paced, and had the crowd yep. involved and entertained the entire time. I, that once again, the incredible booking by uh, Brett and Joe as well throughout this and the talent to deliver on everything. And this was a, a awesome show and well produced and well executed show. I, yeah, I can't say too much better. Like I said in the beginning of this thing, we were treated like gold. Super thankful. Yes. So something we will mention, GC Dub, the GC Dub podcast. I wanted to mention them for a minute because um, as we're doing our thing over here, if you ever need to, they're also on their podcast getting some GCW news out there. So if you get a chance, definitely check them out. It's generally a monthly show, so it's something that you can just check out periodically. I It's so much fun watching two fans discover or go out there and find something new. And both of them really love watching GCW, and they're just getting into it like we did quite a while ago. And it's just fun and enjoyable to see. And it's nice to hear. It's like a child. It's nice to sometimes hear some fresh perspective on a product you know most people know how we stand on mercer and how we stand on this one and that one and every now and then it is different and nice to hear another opinion so yeah just check them out it's nice lighthearted. we're more in depth they're more about um what's a good word they're wins losses overall feeling and they like to talk about certain performers that they like or not they're very open with their opinions and i just we like them 
And so yes. we want to make sure that people know about them. And uh, what else haven't I said? Anything? <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I know, like I said at the beginning, we kind of, even though TOS and COS have happened already this weekend, we wanted to fit this one in beforehand. And I was going to mention here at the end to uh, write, because we are going to be covering COS and TOS here real soon, um, hopefully. And uh, in the meantime, if you have no idea what happened at TOS or COS and you want a quick little rundown, they did a quick, uh, good job doing a quick rundown of a lot of the shows that happened in May up until COS and TOS. And they did a good job covering that real fast as well. So um, I would check them out. And then, like you said, or as they said too, and you said, uh, we go a little bit more in depth. So uh, be on the lookout as we cover COS and TOS here. Um, hopefully before the LA shows coming up and we will break down all the craziness that we saw at TOS and uh, the surprises then and then the surprises at COS and how GCW welcomed in their new area at uh, welcomed in yeah, their new area at the terminal in the showboat. Um, I think it was a memorable weekend for a couple different reasons and I can't wait to discuss that because this was uh that was a lot of uh talking points on those two shows uh coming up here yeah. on the next podcast yeah i'm looking forward to talking about that and talking about the terminal because i did not know what to really expect and i'm i'm still trying to figure it out in my head i'm not gonna lie right now i'm trying to figure out what kind of a venue it is and i'm trying to figure out what each side looks like you know i saw one side that kind of looks like the side of a building of like office offices or something so I saw the big garage door in the background and um, I'm curious to see how they're going to decorate the place because I don't know. I just, part of me says they could even take it's GCW. They could even take those fucking bar lights that are popular right now and just string them from column to column and just make the venue feel special somehow. It's just, I can, we can all tell that GCW hasn't settled in there yet. Yeah. So I can't really give a full opinion yet. But I know if they had a choice, they'd probably rather be in the carousel room still. So I feel they're making do with what they have. And I really, really hope that um, that something really good comes from it. It's a big venue. But I will say with we talked about this with the way the camera was, it looked like there was a really low ceiling with the big ass fan right over the right over the ring. Yep. And it was definitely not. Yeah. It, it, the camera played a lot of tricks like. I don't know, like, and as you said, they're finding their footing. I'm going to give it another couple shows for them to leave their mark and yeah. turn the terminal into what they want the terminal to be as, just like they did at the uh, at the carousel room. Um, I think uh, in a couple shows would be better. Like, I wasn't too impressed with the place. I just thought it was kind of plain. I really did like the banners, but I did not like how they weren't showcased on the hard cam for some reason. It didn't that didn't make any sense. I really liked. Uh, I wish they would have put the, the banners of TOS competitors on the hard cam so that way it's always in vision and it kind of adds a little bit more to it because as you said, that one camera angle we saw was just like my eyes were fixated on the big fan and like the big AC unit that looked like it was right above yeah. the entrance and stuff. And so I just kind of wish they would uh, move around the camera, but they will be having plenty of time probably now and between the, the now and the next uh, AC show to kind of get all that figured out and squared away and i i'm expecting a better presence the crowd delivered as always in ac but yes i i do uh expect a little bit more from the terminal but it is a venue that didn't take anything away from my experience it just as you said a little things that we were talking about that we noticed before the action started once the action happened 
all that shit went away, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, it'll give it time, and they'll make it into what they want it to be. That's that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I'm waiting to see what happens when some decorations go in, some lights go in. You know, we have a chance to see what the entrance will truly look like once they have it the way they want it. Um, now, the name, the terminal. For me, I think of Call of Duty because <laughs> yeah, the terminal and terminal uh, and Call yeah. of Duty. Uh, that's my shit. Yeah, <laughs> but. The shows that they put on there will define the terminal. I'm open to the name. I'm not against it. I don't have another name in mind right now. Honestly, honestly, just being honest, initially I thought it was a parking garage because with the columns, the high ceilings and everything else, it looked like either a parking garage or a place where you would put like construction equipment or something like that, like a large storage building. But the shows that they put on there from here forward will define the terminal. And I'm looking forward to see what they do. It was a nice christening. I, yeah, uh, that's this weekend. That's what I said. I was kind of like, when I made my prediction, I kind of said that too. I was like, I think that'd just be a cool way to start off the new building yes. in, a, in a way that they would leave a mark and make it a memorable moment. Um, and I think everything just fell into place and made it perfect as well um for that to happen so I, that's why i was expecting kind of a big thing of them to kind of as you said people are going to remember the action not really the venue and but you're yeah. going to remember what happened in ac at the showboat because of what happened in the action so uh yeah ah, i i will give it time like i said well the ecw arena was defined by the shows that went on there that's you know it became what it was because yeah. trust me it was a shit venue and so Total you know me with the venues, venue. like the venues stick out in my mind. Like that's where I remember yes. matches and venues. I won't remember the card or the place, but I could yeah. probably tell you the venue of where it happened because the ven- I don't know. Venues stick out to me. And um, I got a little NGI feel from the terminal, but not. I think NGI just uh, came off better presentation wise than what the terminal did. But give it time. Give GCW and Brett time and GoPro. Yeah. GoPro. Uh, Studio or was this? What GPW they? does yeah, an GPW, awesome fucking job. That's what I was trying. To they do, to. honestly. I'm really curious to see if that hard cam is going to stay there. My opinion, it was too much fans and not enough of the uh, ring. Also, I like to not see my ring like I'm standing there and it's flush with me. I like it to be a touch up higher that I can almost see down into the ring, maybe a five, 10 degree angle. See, I'm talking see, too that's, much here, No, that's but, like what the, um, the, the FET, the FET in Providence. That's how exactly it is. The Will Ospreay versus t- Nick Wayne. Are you talking about that angle uh-huh. or is that too high? Oh, so that might, that, that might be stupid high. Yeah. What stupid, I'm I like that is, angle too, though. It's just, if it's, if you're even with the ring, yeah. I would say just bring it up to where, you know what I mean? Just, just a small slant. Just, if this is even, Bring it up like that. Just enough to let us see the depth in the ring. You lose depth when you're flush, when you're when you're dead on with the ring. You can't tell if anybody's in the back part of the ring or the front part of the ring because it all looks flat 2D. Bringing that camera up higher gives it the 3D aspect. See, I'm getting too deep into this. Gives it the 3D aspect, though. So it adds depth and you can see when that guy's having a hard time making that tag. Well, is he right beside the tag partner or is he six feet away? It just looks like his body's there because you're trapped in 2D on camera. And I, I like the fat, the camera <laughs> angle, too, and the, the Melrose Ballroom. Like you said, it has that up high angle. So if you were looking at it, you'd be able to see 
Even though that one's it kind did. of like you said, maybe a little that bit too high, much. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to see, see, you have to tell me what venue it is so I can look up the, the difference of what you're talking about. Because like that's where my sure. mind jump is just to the highest one. I don't, I can, I'm not picturing in my mind right now exactly what angle you're talking about. But okay, that's a, I like those well, little ones. Saying, I got it like this. Here's like this: if you were at the normal camera angle where you're just seeing the mat, uh, or I mean, you're just seeing the ring. Like you're seeing it so much to where the third, like the top rope and the top rope on the other side blend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing it flat on. What I'm saying is take oh, that like camera feet, like how, and stand yeah, up I got what you're saying. six to 10 feet. Stand I got six what you're to saying. 10 feet so you have a little bit of an angle towards the, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying in a perfect world. I'd like to do that because um, that's just, it just gives you more to look at. <laughs> But yeah, the terminal, that's it's gonna definitely be defined by what goes on in there and, and what a great start. And I can't yeah, I, I can't wait to talk this, about it. No, exactly. Well, I thought Janello was gonna win the whole damn thing for TOS too, like a dumbass. So well, I would have made a Clope and that was ruined before the first match even started. Yeah, that was yeah, that was some shit, unfortunately. <laughs> Poor Miedo. That dude is working his ass off and he's just, you know. Yeah. Imagine your shit just popping out like that constantly. God, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, I did it once and I was, <laughs> it wasn't too bad out, but you couldn't really do nothing with it, but putting it in, that sucked. Oh, I get you there. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> so yeah, this kind of closes up our Las Vegas, you know, GCW weekend. Yeah. So much good stuff. A lot so of, yeah, we didn't even cover a lot of the other action with the other promotions and shows, but there was a lot of great action in Vegas was a, that's why I told my wife is like, this is like a week removed. Like we are a week removed, right? Yeah. Was it last? No, it wasn't this last. Ten days two, ago. Yeah, ten days ago. Yeah, almost two weeks. But it was just like, wow, like that was such a fun weekend. But it feels like it was a long time ago. But it was like ten days ago. Like it was a great weekend, and I hope it does become a Memorial Day staple out here in Vegas with AEW bringing GCW and the crowd and get to see all the wrestlers and all the different talent too. Like we got spoiled to see a Zack Saber Junior uh vikingo and stuff like that because obviously following aew they're going to be using that talent as well there's a lot more talent's going to be willing to come out to vegas that weekend because they'll be able to work a lot more and make a lot more a uh, lot of money everywhere so um i do enjoy that aspect of memorial day weekend and having gcw out here as a staple hopefully uh for the foreseeable future and i hopefully that turned into the crowd and lifestyle hopefully showed that hey Maybe bring it back here again before the end of the year if that Vegas deserves two shows a year because I think the Ooh. crowd stepped up to the plate. And if you're going to have a two shows in Wachahatchee, Tennessee at the Boiler Ballroom, you could do two Vegas shows with close to a thousand people there. So, hmm. well, yeah, I was actually going to try to find the card from Legends Rise because we can talk about it for a short amount of time. I have a little bit of time here. So this was, there were two other shows that were kind of major, at least that we both went to outside of the GCW ones. It was put on by FSW. It was called Legends Rise. So we had names like Richard Kings, Hunter James, Matt Vandegriff, Eli Knight, which is a very familiar name. Yeah. Jared Diaz, Robert Martyr, Billy Starks, Bodie Young Prodigy, Starboy Charlie, Jack Cartwheel, Alec Price, Jordan Oliver. Titus Alexander, we had uh, shit. Devin Reno, Jordan Oasis, which I think he's doing the NJPW yep, thing yep. now too. God bless him. I hope he does well. I like him a lot. 
He was on a bad luck streak a while back where his shit got stolen out of his car. And he's one of those ones where I hate to see something bad happening to him. So really happy to see him doing his thing. But yeah, I mean, we had a lot of major names in this thing. So yeah, that was that one. And then we also had second gen pro that was put on by the owner of FSW, his son. He's doing his own thing out there. And I don't know how quick I can pull that one up if possible i got it right but same thing there was gcw talents on it and they put on a fantastic show also oh no i don't um do you Uh, you said you do have the card yeah they had uh ricky tenacious defeated um i I think it was like a dinosaur or something it was a fun little dark comedy spot but i had to get ricky tenacious sat out the songbird out here in vegas very underrated uh talents he's got charisma 100 and he does also the, some of the trainings at the kids classes and excellent excellent kids trainer um also leon Hader out here kids trainer brandon g also another uh, student trainer out here for the wrestling and for the kids and um just wanted to give a quick shout out since i saw his name pop up there because i did forget that was a dark match um <laughs> yeah so we had for that match it started matt vandegriff against billy starks for that future legends title that was just one at that mm. future rise uh tournament i want to see hopefully that belt just be used a lot out here just not fsw but west coast just in general so that's kind of funny defalco put something online saying that that belt is meant to travel good good great call joe great call And, and again maybe i'm maybe i'm a dumbass and i read that wrong but if i read that correctly today that belt he said is meant to travel which fans should yeah i think it should and it should be for like talent 25 and under like that's kind of a unique belt right now like that's wow cool. that would be cool like i don't know i think like say if you age out of it then boom guess what you could do the next year have another future rise tournament for the future legends belt i i think that that's an awesome idea i do hope they do a lot of good stuff with the, that belt um well, yeah and sorry. Go ahead. We're, we're always we're always reloading with talent it's not like we're ever really dead on talent too there's when there's more 25 year olds going to 26, there's a whole lot of talent coming in directly under them that are put, 18, 19, 20. You could put that belt on Billy Starks right now and have a seven year champion that's a future legend. And oh, now they just turned 26 or whatever. Now we could get rid of like, <laughs> just saying, like that, as you said, that is, there's so many talents just that we saw in general. That whole tournament was filled with talent. And there's a lot more talent that, that wasn't used that's out there that could be brought in yeah. for that as well. But I did love that whole future rise tournament and like just the giving those people the spotlight i thought was awesome uh the next one was a scramble match damian drake defeated jake painter jordan cruz um just exciting chris brady i think just exciting is the the one that you really liked from um from texas with the music that the music yes. that you had i think that was him um chris <laughs> brady as well dmc dmc maybe or was not sure Somebody had the music that I was looking at coming out with at one point, and I was like, that is so awesome. He caught the vibe that I caught from that music. Yeah. It was cool. Um, and that match, and matchup as well, Chris Brady, who I kind of, that was my first time seeing him. I've heard of him. One of my friends uh, sees him a lot out in um, in Seattle or Washington area, and that's how I kind of knew of him a little bit, but I didn't see much of him. So this was my first time seeing him in person. I like the vibe. I like what he could, what he's going to turn into in ring, and he's got the character and stuff. I, that's one name I'm got my eye on uh, is uh, Christopher Brady or Chris Brady, and Santana Jackson was in that scramble match as well. 
So I guess the last thing I'll do, because this is the close of it, is to thank GCW for being so kind and for being so awesome to us. And we had a great weekend that I won't forget. And looking forward to doing it again sometime soon. Like, really looking forward to it. We're heading out to L.A. on the 17th. Yeah, that's crazy. Next weekend. Fuck yeah, I'm ready to do it too. So hopefully some of the people that listen, maybe if you guys want to say hi for a minute, we're going to be out there at the show. We're pretty friendly. Yeah. Should be good, man. You're going you're gonna to be down low again, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. For right we're going to be up high. For right now. Again. I'm trying to tell my wife that you need to take some pictures from the stage because that would be awesome. Yeah. I keep, I keep trying to talk her into it. And my son, he kind of wants to be in the action. And then every now and then he's like, too much for me. I need to be out. Like, okay i get it i i don't know at that at his age i wanted to be in all the action right i still want to be it too Fuck but then yeah. like when i'm with my son i'm like nope we're gonna go on stage where it's nice and safe we could have a perfect view of everything yeah and we get to still interact with a lot of the talent that walks up on stage throughout the show and throughout the night yeah i'm one of the ones that get into the the fucking pit at the metal show <laughs> my son my son is a little more reserved i'm sure he wouldn't do that <laughs> All right. Well, that will yeah. be a wrap on GCW Plants Podcast 61, FSW versus GCW Part 2. Overall, like you said, I... I 61 or 62? Oh, shit. I said 61. 62. Yep. Now I'm getting tired. As I, as I was saying that, I was yawning it out and everything, stretching out the muscles here. Which yeah. Which means it's yeah, time 60, to go. 62, man. So we have put in 62 episodes and you and I have been doing this not even a year yet. So we're kicking yes. ass right now. We got a lot of support. We have a lot of nice people who are very supportive behind us that uh, they just want to see us succeed and then uh, go from there. So I think this is the first time I'm yeah. ever going to do it, though. But let's try to let's try to get a little cheap plug here. Anyone out there listening? So we're our, we're trying to get to 5000 total listens uh, oh, yeah. by our one year by July 15th. And so we will be we got a pretty month, doable. Phil. We got 600 more to go, and at this rate that we've been going, I think we'll easily get there, but yeah, yeah. still want the people out there to, uh, more people to listen and be involved, so shout us out if possible, when possible, if you so desire. <laughs> oh, and the other thing is, thank you to Effie for being a real motherfucker. We sat, we had a good time talking, and he was very supportive of our podcast. He even went over on his own podcast and spent a decent little time talking about his time over here at the house and how we had some good deep discussions about GCW wrestling, what's going on with it, where it may go, how we feel about the direction it's at right now. And um, I just wanted to say thank you to him because almost everything I have posted, he has liked and or also retweeted. And that is super supportive of us. Yeah. Total us. Yes, thank you, so, Effie. Thank you so much for that because you're a cool motherfucker. And happy birthday to Effie. Oh, yeah. Today, right? Yep. Yeah. Today is his birthday. Tomorrow is my wife's birthday. So happy birthday to Stephanie. She'll be out. So probably when she hears, when we hear this, then it'll be her birthday tomorrow. Yes. Happy birthday, cool. turtle. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So yeah, um, we did it, man. I'm really happy. I wanted to make sure that we were truthful and like we we know FSW, obviously. Your son's over there. I've been a fan over there for quite a while now. My family goes over there quite a bit. And 
it was just fun. So we wanted to kind of give people a little bit of an insight more than usual about what FSW is and why GCW keeps coming back and doing business with them. And it's because they're the top fucking dog. That's just yeah. how it is. So. We started going to some of these shows too, a little bit more often recently up until uh, uh, the new year when I had my thing happening. But we were we yeah. went to quite a few FSW shows uh, at the end of oh, last yeah. year. For sure. All uh, right, man. So Let's do this. Back COS, TOS here in the near future before the LA show is coming up on the 17th. And thank you all again for listening and all the support from everybody and listeners. It is appreciated yes, as you. always. And everybody out there, just know that we do hear and see it and we, we appreciate it all. All right. Let's send him out. You do here. it? Yes. Okay. You ready? All right. Long. Long. Hey, this is pretty good. Live. Live. You fucked up that time. G. G. C. C I fucked up that time. W. See ya.